which you probably don't know. But right, exactly. I was just being, being accommodating by saying right. Sure. The Imperial Schools of Honor podcast. I am Josh Folan. And I am Jeff Burns. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of home computer gaming as we revisit the feelies that accompany it again for the first time. We are blasting onward in our first edit config sys quest where we incrementally fiddle with an old school PC computer game, start to finish with the assistance of vintage game literature. We are cruising the cosmos with Roger Wilco and Sierra Online's 1990 release of the VGA remaster of Space Quest 1 intended for PC compatibles. The accompanied literatures of antiquity for us here are the 16-page packet and instruction manual and the 43-page official Sierra Space Quest 1 VGA hint book. It's a lot of words to title a book. A, the link to a PDF of both those will be in the show notes uh, for the duration of the quest, which uh, won't go any longer past this episode, actually. So uh, it's in the show notes for both of them. What rig are you playing the game on currently, Jab? God, was I supposed to have this right? It's uh, it's it's a laptop. <laughs> it's my school laptop. Um God, I don't know where I put that info. It's not a very, it's not great, but it's a lot better than what we used to play these on. I am dose boxing on my PC, keyboard and mouse controls, just like the good old days, and it is an Intel i7 260 gigahertz processor with 16 gigabytes of RAM, and the graphic situation is an NVIDIA GeForce RTX 2060 with six gigabytes of dedicated VRAM. This is the one that Please burned your interview. leg. Uh, playing Baldur's Gate, it did. Yes, it did burn my leg. The and I can't. Uh, Amy ordered them, so I don't have the name of them. But the little like lazy fuck gaming on his couch lap desk thing that oh, we ordered yeah. with, a, with a little cooling fan built into it mm. is legit. It mm. is a very useful little device to have if you have a laptop that burns you. Anyways, I guess maybe it's probably good for any laptop because it keeps it cool. But uh, particularly if it's singeing your fucking leg, please rate and review the pod wherever you listen. If you enjoy our shit, it helps. Where we left off, in the first episode, we plowed through the instruction manual and the hint book opening before jumping into the game ever so briefly, where we only played the opening moments where we had to tactfully avoid being vaped by the Sarian space pirates running amok on the Arcata, who stole the star generator and initiated the self-destruct sequence on the ship as we made our way to the escape pod. And once we left there, the pod's autonav locked onto the nearest planet, Corona, and crash-landed in a barren desert region on it. And we pick up here just moments after the pod comes to a busted-up stop. Roger still safely buckled in the pilot seat because seatbelts save lives. And here on Corona, the music is absolutely fucking horrific. My pug baby was head-tilting at me like I was full-blown torturing him the entire time this track played in earshot of him. The little head-tilt things that uh, pugs do. And you have to unbuckle the seatbelt to exit, and then Roger climbs outside the pod and takes stock of his situation. And the pod took quite a bit of damage getting to a stop in the rocky desert. Its nose is partially buried, and the windshield is spidered pretty badly. And I don't know, for some reason, the... I guess term 
of a spired windshield it makes me think of Mad Mike, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, maybe you I know, don't know. Like, here's like something really fucked up. <laughs> here's something really fucked up. So you were, uh, God, I can't believe this guy weasels his way into all our conversations. <laughs> it makes perfect like, sense. <laughs> it does make sense, actually, when you, you get talk, to know us. Yeah, if you talk to any uh, therapist or psychological expert of any kind, they'd uh, 100% just go, yeah, that, that tracks. <laughs> yeah. the, the guy who traumatized you severely? Yeah, yeah, it's going to come up a lot. When you mentioned earlier that seatbelts save lives, do you remember that your dad got into that? He got, I think he got hit by a semi truck in his, in some Yeah, court. no, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. And he when, wasn't wearing his it was, seat it, was, belt. it was right around when I was born. I've heard a lot of actually interesting stuff. Ted's told me a lot of interesting stories recently about mm-hmm. that time and shit. But yeah, he, yeah, and his whole thing, which is just, it's such, that's such a. That's the em- word. Like, okay, so basically, to finish the story, <laughs> he got hit. He wasn't wearing his seatbelt, got thrown out of the car, right. and then. If he had been in the car with his seatbelt on, he would have died. So he says, and this—that's that's the funny true, thing. That's—that's that's the funny thing about that's this. That's a Ted, really good point. Ted actually. Ted told me completely different information about he was outside the. It was not that. Like the story Ted told me was basically completely invalidated. This, but yeah, the, the the logic here is that he spent the rest of his life, or the important part of this, I suppose, of this takeaway in his mind is that he spent the rest of his life unwilling to wear seatbelts. On the logic that, yes, if he'd had it on, he supposedly would have died in that instance, uh, as if that extrapolates into a bigger data set, even if that were true, even if it's stra- yeah. if it, as if it extrapolates into a bigger data set as being a valid uh, foundation from which to build this fucking lifelong thesis of about seatbelts. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I mean, so it's bad. like, it was like, it's a one in a billion thing, and right. his one came up in that billion, and then life was like, so how do you want to proceed going forward? He was like, <laughs> run that back. <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna right. bet on that again. Right, yeah, but here's the thing. Yeah, he got it. He got hit. The truck hit. He was like outside. He was like Ted told me. I'm spacing a little bit on the details now because I don't really care when he was telling me. But it was something like he was outside, like underneath the car, working on it or something, trying to do, trying to fix what? something. He was not. He did not get hit. Like, oh, yeah, see. he wasn't like driving and like hit head on by a semi. He was outside the car already. So there's no way the that the reason he survived, yeah. <laughs> It's because the seatbelt was God. There's no way. So yeah, that one says that. To so he entire, lied. So this is a lie. It's a lifelong uh, fishtail. Yeah, according to Ted. I granted. I mean, I don't know why Ted would make up Aaron information about that, but maybe people misremember. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Either way, like we said, honestly, that's a fun side note. The crazy thing is to build the idea that you're going to spend the rest of your life with no seatbelts because of that one moment that right. you supposedly claim uh, saved your life not wearing one. That's fucking crazy. Psychotic. Uh, yeah, but yeah, his his windshield was probably spidered in that situation, too. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> right. To bring us back into Wilco here. Uh, there is one uh, large glass shard lying on the ground below the windshield, and it clearly warns being picked up for later it sparkles quite a bit and they are hammering on you that you'll need it for reflection purposes at some point when you inspect it in in your inventory the copy you get is it's that highly reflective piece of broken cockpit glass so you know you'll need to use it to um bounce something somewhere light wise literally never played this game uh i maybe not to this point at least and uh i immediately knew what it was going to be for Right, 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 right. Yeah, and yeah, when you, yeah, I don't think that's probably if you want to call it a puzzle, that little hall we're about to get to later in Corona here, where you just go through these various like just trope, 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 yeah, adventure game 
puzzle situations. Like that was the one out of all those incredibly easy and uh, easy to discern uh, the solution of situations that was easily the one that was like yeah of course obviously you use this <laughs> it's the quickest very clear quickest do it yeah yep. something is also kind of sort of visible in the pod maybe definitely kind of sort of through the open door if you are really really parsing pixels and this is a survival kit and inside it you will find a xenon army knife and a canister of dehydrated water <laughs> The knife is self-explanatory, but what? Yeah, what the fuck exactly is dehydrated water? You say. Uh, the you inspect this. It says the can label says Pelvitron dehydrated water, and they give you the molecular build up or uh, structure of it H two. All you add is air. Makes ten gallons. Caution: Do not attempt to open or rupture container. Misuse could result in personal injury and or flash flooding. And I think it's very important to note to me that air is an awfully loose term there. The oxygen molecule Mm -hmm. that finishes off the makeup of H2O isn't necessarily the gas that all beings of the galaxy would breathe. Am I wrong in in making that connection? Like, it may not be oxygen that would just be readily available to you, I'm saying. Yeah, I I I would assume that's correct. I, my chemistry, my biochemistry is not great. I'm an electrical engineer, not a biochemist. But we assume that most life that we're going to encounter is carbon-based, and if it's carbon-based, that may have suggest a that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's possible, I suppose. I'm but again, sure. the you know the warning. I guess yeah, it still warrants the warning, I suppose. But it's yeah, that is there that, was to a me big... that there's another Sorry. thing because with your helmet coming in and on and off on this, yeah, it's, it's another thing. Like I was wondering, you know, about that. like. That yeah, I have a note about that later too. It's like that. How it's if it's oxygen here? Uh, What's the helmet? Yeah, that seems like yeah, that seems like a big leap to me. Uh, we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, but uh, also uh, the air that we breathe is like O two. So I don't know. I mean, again, this is a fucking stupid dehydrated water that we're talking about. So I don't know why we're getting all technical about it, but it's O two out there. So it's H O, and then you add the O two. Now you've got H two. Excuse me. No wait, H two. Never mind. I forgot that. O two. It's it is H two in the thing is what it says. It's H two in there. Okay. Right, which is yes, would be the just oxygen short molecule of water. <laughs> yeah, and then if you added air, you'd get H two O two. Unless there's some way that fucking the two bond together and they lose an oxygen molecule. I don't know. Or I hate or if chemistry. it's irrelevant. Yeah, I also am not a huge physics. Fan. I took physics yeah. over the summer when I broke my arm, and it was a, so fucking fun. I enjoyed that class so much. Chemistry can go fuck itself. Chemistry's tough. I was going to be. I'm sure I've told this. I think I've told this on the pod. But I shattered yeah. a chemist in seventh grade, mm-hmm. and yeah, with the full. I mean, I spent my entire like grade school years infatuated with my chemistry set and science and all this stuff, and. I followed that guy around for a day, and I was like, "Nope, don't want to. This isn't <laughs> not interesting. Not enough test tubes here. I'm not fucking. Yeah, dumb. where's the, <laughs> I need the acid? What's going on? I want to burn things. This is lame. Yeah, where's the Bunsen burner? We should be sh- cooking something. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, sh- being I an sh- engineer ain't much better. He did give me a, a to the credit. I don't, and I wish I could recall it clear enough to know whether I like incentivized this in some way or. By like either complaining or exhibiting a lack of being impressed, like something, you know. But he did. I remember gave me some test tubes at the like at the end of the day to take home with me. So I must have like talked. I, I, you would think, anyways. I must have demonstrated some interest in having some. 
I'm like, where the fuck are the <laughs> test tubes at? He's like, uh, just here, get out of here. Man. I mean, we got some, yeah. You know, I mean, there's a fucking we got the supply closet. We do have a supply closet. The shit's here. We just don't have to use it. <laughs> right. We don't use it all the time. I don't know what you think this job is, but right, right. right. Also, seventh grade Josh Fullen going into a chemistry lab and following somebody around that seems terrible. No, I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's <laughs> uh, yeah. It was. I mean, that was before. Where was the lab at? Do you know where it was? Uh, it was Oberlin College. I, yeah, it was a, it was no a, shit. Okay. Yeah, it was a chemist at Oberlin College. I don't, re- of course, don't recall like the building or anything, which I know yeah. would be more fun to hear. But yeah, I don't recall where it was. I want, you know, I, I, I want to have this vague suggestion that it was on what would, what would that be the north side of Lorraine? Yeah, that was where the chemistry building was. They've since torn it down and made a new one. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, but that's that's where it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's like I want maybe like by, right by the hospital. Is that um, no, a little further east. It's actually across okay. the. Sh- it was across the street from uh, Wilder, if you remember where that is. Mm, yeah, Wilder's where the concert venue was, right? Uh, yes, they had the scope, and that's there. where the arcade. They had an arcade at one point too, and Indeed, it's insane that we did not have. Yeah. We didn't know that and go there when we were kids. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that, it's that unbelievable. Everyone, all my other friends knew about it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we go in there with like a screwdriver and pry it open and rob the quarters and just play." <laughs> I was like, That's fuck, funny. I missed it. Yeah. What else did what what did we not miss? I know. Okay, so yeah, I immediately tried this dehydrated water on Raj, thinking it would blow his fucking head off in a really cool death, as this game is wont to do. But he calmly removes his helmet, which again, that's immediately that right. like these two things paired together in my mind very easily and quickly uh, here. But that yeah, I would think that should also kill him if he needs the helmet at all. Then when he takes it off, it should fucking something should happen. The only uh, thing pressur- I got is pressurization fucking, or the air thing. <laughs> the only thing I got is temperature control because that does come into play later. Yeah, okay. That's all I got. That's a good logic. That's a good yeah. logic, I suppose. And you could maybe survive a few seconds, especially uh, just to drink some water, which yeah. is an e- equally important life uh, cycle or life function. I want to point out real quick, this water is right, like when I inspected the water myself, it was right where the game got, it made me go, wait, Really? And then, like, as the game goes on, I was like, oh, shit, there's, like, a little more to this game than I thought there was. How elaborate? I, it's, we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about it when we encounter some shit in the near future here, because I want to see how you navigated something, because I think I did it different. Okay. Okay. Well, when you use the water, I find this interesting, too. Uh, it doesn't consume it. You have, it goes back to your inventory, you have plenty to last you, supposedly. Even yeah, it says it makes you 10 gallons, so... That's true, yeah. Um, So I randomly chose to head off-screen left here was my initial decision. And after doing so, a large blue menacing-looking worm pops up out of the sand near the crash site and looks around. And they accentuate that menacingness with another rather grating music cue. And if you keep walking further at all on... Like, you can walk onto that next screen and nothing happens. But if you stay there and keep walking off to what, I guess, the next left screen to the left one of these worms will come right up under you and it tosses you up in the air, then catches you in one casual chomp. And the death text for that reads, Whoa, those big guys pack a powerful appetite. Did you feel the way that thing just chomped right through your skeletal system? That had to hurt. The grell burps in solitary satisfaction. He often, or doesn't often, get nice warm meals like you. And did that happen to you? Did you get murdered? Oh my god, yes. (laughs) Instantly thought of Tremors, which I'm now writing down on my movies to watch list. Uh, yeah, I've never watched that. That's Fucking there's a good, hand. Dude. The it's a Stephen King thing, right? 
I, that's a great question. I have no idea. I think it is a Steve. I'm pretty sure it's a Stephen King. There's a lot of Stephen King things that I've, I've been one of the podcasts I listen to, Tadpog. They've been talking a lot about the Dark Tower recently, as if it's mm-hmm. like the greatest book ever. And I have not read that either. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been looking for things to read, anyways. So maybe I'll drop that in there. But going through his catalog and at least hitting, I've only read. I've read. I read. Deb's copy, I think, had a copy of Pet Cemetery. I think I read that. God, she did. That's right. Holy and God. she also had a copy of the one with the monkey on it, uh, Shine something. Yeah, I'm not, I can't recall. No idea. Is that? Oh, no, you, I, no. And I was thinking of The Stand, which is not right either. Right. And then I was thinking of uh, the movie Outbreak, which is also not right. So no, but that's a gr- that's a great 1995 Dustin Hoffman film, though. Uh, uh, that, <laughs> that movie is why COVID got so bad in this country because I really think that a lot of people looked around and they were like, "Well, I don't see the assholes walking around in the street with like the environmental suits. It must be fine." And then 1.1 million Americans died. Yeah, potentially, potentially. Uh, yeah, but that's a great flick. The other one I read is The Dome. Which is very good. It's mm. fucking huge. I had like someone got me a physical copy of it. It's probably one of the last like physical copy books that I carried around New York with me. And it's oh. like, it was a that was a tome. And like I remember needing a backpack just because like, normally you can just like carry a book, set down. This book like required a backpack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like if, if it, books can typically fit comfortably in your hand, but once they hit like you know the binding hits a certain you know depth. You know, yeah. you probably need Too a bag. cumbersome. Yeah, it was it was intense. Yeah, and I carried that fuck around forever. It's it's so good, dude. It's like this bullshit middle of nowhere town that one day everyone wakes up and they're underneath a dome, and hmm. the outside world can't get in, and the, and they can't get out, and hmm. no one knows why it's why it's there. And to top it off, it's like a meth hotspot. So oh, <laughs> so there's God, all these meth now we're locked in here. Yeah, yeah. So there's this, this meth lab, local dynamic, local fucking. Uh, government problem thing they're of course intertwined in the meth shit and it's like a really interesting and good book they made a tv series out of it that wasn't very good it had the the bald guy from the cop the bald cop from um jesus christ i'm spaced on the name of it the fucking the other meth (laughs) series why is all your conversation uh, revolving around meth yeah i don't know the the breaking bad the, he's the oh. cop from Breaking Bad. Oh, okay, gotcha. The bald one. Uh, I don't Ed, know his name. What's his name? Hank's Ed, his name in the Hank. movie. Hank. Well, yes, Hank is his name in the in the show. Yeah. In yeah, any case, he's show. like the lead in, I think, and it didn't. I don't huh. think it lasted very long. So I, I remember trying to watch it and being like, eh. Nah. Just like most books, bad adaption. Yep. Uh, but yeah, those are all the ones I've read. I can't uh, read, so. Yeah. It's in L.A. It's harder in real life. In New York, it was very easy because you had these da- the downtime on the subway. In real life, since moving to L.A., I've read a lot less, and it upsets me a great deal. So I've mm. recently made a a very deliberate decision to force myself to read before bed. At least that's some. smart. I, yeah. I want to adopt a policy like that too, but I think fucking smartphones have broken my attention span. Unfortunately, it's tough, dude. It's tough. It it's really, really sucks. Tough. Actually. Yep. Oh, so yeah, if you go to the south, you get one of those worms too from the crash site. So your only real option here is to head east or right. If I guess that doesn't necessarily have to be on. Uh, we can do cardinal directions. I mean, compass. <laughs> yeah, let's just sure. do cardinal directions for the sake of ease. 
Okay. So if you head east, there is a curiosity peaking visual in the form of a gigantic skeletal structure of some kind to urge you to stick to that course, which is the image I have behind me right now if you're watching uh, and not just listening. And the music also changes for the better here slightly. It's a mm-hmm. little better here. <laughs> so there's, I will say, there's a banger later. There, oh, yeah, there's. Yeah, I, I'm not talking shit about the soundtrack on the whole, but this planet had some fucked up segments for sure. Yeah. That I, and, like, I like that, like, you know, cringy fucking old mid-eye shit for the most part. But this one was like, oh, my God, this mm-hmm. is a terrible thing to have to listen to on repeat. So, taking a gander at that skeleton, uh, the description reads, A wide selection of skeletal accessories awaits your perusal. Vertebrae, ribs, and who knows what else rest upon the Coronian soil. The average height of this structure looks to be at least 7 meters. Good thing you didn't meet this thing in its heyday. And I don't know exactly how tall 7 meters is. It's probably, what, less than 7 feet, right? No, no, it's like 22 and some change. 22 feet. Oh, 3, yeah, 3 meters. About 3.3 yardstick so you head south along the bone structure for one screen and a dialogue box pops up at least for me and i I guess i kind of learned and with some loading and saving stuff here that uh it doesn't necessarily happen on any one particular screen so some semi-randomized but when this happened to me for the first time it read out of the corner of your eye you spot an object hurtling from the greenish atmosphere towards the parched surface you currently occupy and then a silver orb lands in the dirt nearby and more copy pops up. Rats! If the eyes don't deceive, that's a Sarian spider droid. They must have detected the escape pod leaving the Arcata. The spider droid must have been sent along to settle any unfinished business. After the jarring impact, small panels open through which legs sprout. You recall reading in an old issue of Space Piston magazine that this droid was designated to seek out organic life forms and self-destruct when close proximity to the target has been achieved. So now we have a Terminator on our tail, and this fucking thing blew me up right away. It is faster than you. (laughs) So it landed near enough to you then? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the first time, yes, I was like, it was like I had walked onto the screen that I guess is maybe because the skeleton is a, it's on this three by three grid of screens. So like nine squares, nine screen square. And I think I walked on the middle left. So you're like right up against the spine. That's kind of up against the left side of the screen. So I didn't even have anywhere to go, really. Like, yeah. I don't even, I'm not even sure I could have gotten away, really, to be honest with you. Uh, and this thing will follow you onto another screen, anyways. It's not like, it's not like super old school, shitty clip a game, clip a enemy off the edge of the screen kind of thing, anyways. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I was fucked no matter what that first time, <laughs> the first time that I, I uh, got popped by one. And it says the, joyous demise copy for this reads how convenient you've been blown up into handy bite-sized chunks i guess that space piston article wasn't fiction so yeah so this thing is chasing you around this area non-stop for the most part which is an interesting Uh, feature because later in there's there's points in the game where there you have to deal with enemies like you know seeing you and and you know encountering them and dealing with them and they don't follow you off the screen like they well, I right. guess they kind of do actually. Yeah, I don't know if I ever. I can't it's, recall. I it's like later in the game, sure. and like if you're going, like they walk off screen, and like if you're counting in your head, like they are doing that movement off screen in the and you know in the other direction. So I don't know. Either way, I, I thought it was actually a pretty cool feature for this thing to follow you around um, for a 1991 yeah, game. For sure, yeah. Now I mean, and if you think that. 
the idea that there would be object permanence in this code, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of what you're describing there, is a little mind blowing to me. Yeah. Uh, to hear that you even 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 if it was just like uh you know convinced yourself of it, whether or not it actually happened. If you could feel like it could be happening, that's good enough. <laughs> For sure. Uh, just to give you an idea that an actual world persists out there beyond this one screen that you're on, uh, which is, yeah, more credit than I'd give one of these games. And I only expect that to get better as the games go on, and I, I want to point out real quick, as you know this, the audience does not, I finally got the VGA uh, version working the point. And click. Oh, yeah. This game looks good, dude. For, for, like, for the I've, era, yeah. I fucking mean it. Like, I like the graphics. I like the art style. Like, I'm honestly excited to play the rest of the games. And, like, th- yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, the VGA remakes, like, you know, like the hint book said, they, it was an effort. They're, they, they didn't half-ass these redos of these, these remasters, where they put some effort, they hired some artists, they, like, and they, like I said, they even added things to accentuate that new artwork and what that artwork was capable of. So, yeah, it's, they did not... You know, I think I talked some shit about Sierra in a modern context in the first episode as it relates to that VR iteration of Colossal Cave. But back then, you know, there was a reason these games were revered the way they were. They were the pinnacle of what you could find on PCs in this form. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, yeah, yeah they're, they're, they, I, I agree. They look great. So on that 9x9 grid, the middle right screen of that... Uh, there, it has a large skull that you can walk into the open mouth of, and inside that is an orat standing in front of a pile of humanoid skulls. And the way they describe an orat to you is, it's a huge and ugly, or orat is huge and ugly. Of course, your opinion may differ depending on what part of the universe you come from. You also get the impression that he might be quite mean. And orat is reptilian in appearance, I would say, and stands upright on his hind legs and has large fangs protruding from his mouth. And if you stand here in the doorway for any time at all, he runs over and Roger screams, oh no! And then the orat <laughs> yokes Raj up, stuffs him in a little ball, and then begins dribbling him on the cave floor like a basketball, which I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the death copy for this is, orat has transformed you into a new piece of recreation equipment. Along with finding this treatment extremely rude, you don't survive it. And then the death box copy reads, it's tough to make friends around here. Relax, stretch out, restore, and let's get back to it. There's adventuring to be done. And yeah, again, I, we kind of talked about it before uh, in that first episode, but I just love that like they so jovially include death in the game loop. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's fantastic. It's a fantastic yeah, they, tonality. They expect you to die. And I, I also just love this game's general tone, just like the way that they... They, 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 you know, like the way that you observe things as the character, as Roger, like it's, it's all got one kind of particular tone about it, and they stick with it, and it's, it's funny and uh, self-deprecating, and yep. as a former custodian, I just want to say that I finally feel seen and heard in the world. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, uh, I identify as Roger Wilco. On the bottom right of that 3x3 matrix, the the skeletal structure's vertebrae goes down into the ground, acting as a ramp entryway up onto the elevated area of the skeleton. And on the way here, you'll you'll see uh, quite a few sprouts of this purple flora near the skeletal remains. And if you grab it, you're treated to an animation of Roger like struggling with getting it into his pocket because of its incredibly sticky nature. And the... Examination copy for this is, this is simply a piece of sticky, stinking, rotting plant. 
And so if grab some of that shit and then head up the ramp and you follow that elevated vertebrae to the middle screen on the 3x3 where there is a clear weak point of the catwalk that is ready to collapse on the ground below. And to trigger this, to actually make it fall, you have to walk across it three times. So each of the first two times you are given some warning dialogue of the impending disaster that doing this is, is, is heading towards. And the thing about that, like I had... I guess I'll just flat out ask you for simple, uh, to simplify it. Did you think this is how you kill the fucking spider droid? I did. Yes. I, re- I thought I remembered doing it that way. Why so, did this seem so fucking familiar to me? Like, this uh, scene seemed really familiar. Yeah, I agree. And maybe we sat there and tried to do it that way. <laughs> maybe. Uh, uh, which is funny because you definitely can't. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm so I, I want to know. How, I want to get to the next step so badly. I'm, I'm curious what happened here. Okay. If you tell me you did it that way, I'm going to be pissed because I tried really hard to make it happen. It's going to be so, you first and then me. Okay, so if you follow this elevator route all the way to the end uh, in the top right corner of the 3x3, you see something hanging on the bone sticking up, and from afar, if you try to examine it, it appears to be a sign, and you might be able to read it if you get closer is what you're told, so if you do get closer, you will fall into a pit trap that appears, and you tumble down a shaft that was clearly built by intelligent life, and it has a, like, it has a very industrious look to it, to a cave below. And your eye, and so if you've gone to this cave, which I guess that's a question, did you, because I guess you don't have to go down here to take care of the ore rat. So did you end up in the cave first? I ended up in the cave first. Okay. So through saves and or through death and reloads, I ended up, <laughs> you know, my flow chart was different, but yes, for intents and purposes, I went to the cave okay. first. All right, word. So you come down here, and you your eyes immediately drawn to a stalagmite in the background where the tip appears to be held in place by some purple adhesive, probably the plant we found, of course. So you go over, you can rip the cone off the rock, take it with you. I did so. Uh, smelling the goo left behind, you find its aroma to be maggot-gagging, is how it describes wow. the, the smell of that purple shit. And you can, once you have the cone in your hand, you can scrape the goo off the tip and it goes into your inventory in the same way that if you would grab one of the plants above ground do. So oh. they are, yeah, they are very adamant about you having that with you. So I guess that was kind that they gave you two roots to it. I didn't uh, do it that way. And and man, is this game detailed? And some of the things that you can fucking inspect, like they really let you inspect and like build a world. It's kind of incredible, actually. I this I've just played so many of these games that I know how much you know jamming together of inventory items just like dude just slapping them together do these work mm-hmm. is this the solution to my puzzle just because keep clicking. <laughs> yeah so i yeah i leave no stone out. like the second something goes into my inventory i'm probably trying it against everything else i have and seeing and using every possible command on it in the inventory because yeah you just never know there's a yeah there's an instance later where i'm just like like it's I, there's you know all these games have so many of them where you're like Man, fuck what the fuck yes yeah. come on like yes m- maybe in after like in hindsight but never would you logically get there you have to be in that mode of just slapping things together to yep. to get some of these things and, uh, but yes you can scrape that purple shit off here so you head off left into the next room from where you come down into the cave and there is a large metal grate on the cave floor and when you approach it a number of tentacles come up from it. Examine this, you are told this is a great monster, which is probably, and it probably just wants to be your friend. And this was another one. Like I said, all these were 
pretty, like almost immediately I knew what to do. In this case, same thing. I looked at it and I was like, sticky shit. And I threw the sticky shit at it or used it on it and Roger throws it. This is the way he uses it. And it lands near the grate and the tentacles hit it and get stuck to it. And then you can walk by without getting eaten or grabbed by these things, which I think rip you apart, if I recall correctly, when you actually No, die. you recall incorrectly. They pull you okay. down into the grate. Oh, okay. Because uh, I, I thought I could sneak past it. I, I, I knew I couldn't, but I was like, I never fucking know. So I tried <laughs> to sneak past, and it grabbed yeah. me, pulled me down in. Can't remember what the copy was. Um, my notes are more general. And, okay. um, yeah, it, that one, it took me a minute to... That was the most difficult the puzzle shit. in the uh, in the. Cable. Well, did you have the sticky shit yet? Yes, because the plant was there, and of course, I'm picking up everything I find in those okay. games. Okay, right. Word. So the next screen after the great monster shit has a door right in front of you, and again, looking out of place in the same way that the shaft did, as in it's it's like an industrial looking built door, you know, that doesn't uh, you know fit in with the cave aesthetic really. But there is a miniature geyser rock formation right in front of it. And, again, I kind of looked at that hole, and I was like, stalactite, you know. And you plug that up, and that opens the door for you. Inside, or on the other side, rather, of the door is a small green pool of some green liquid that's trickling down from the ceiling upstairs, burning through the floor and down into this chamber below it. And this is acid, and Roger will, if you go up to fucking, you can... Taste and smell it if you so choose. And Roger will walk up, take his helmet off, and do both of them. And they either one results into your head melting into a bloody stump. So, oh, did so I? You know, what's funny is like I ended up needing water. I didn't pick the. I didn't see the. Like you said, you got to pour over the pixels to see the survival kit. I didn't see it. So I go about my life, and then later on, spoiler alert. They're like, hey, you're thirsty. You got to do something about that. And I was like, fuck, I don't know where I got any water. Um, I went in there. I was like, you know, maybe it'd be one of those situations where, like, you know, it's you fucking take a drink and it's some like, you know, okay. great thing. So uh, I just touched it and uh, it burns your arm off to the elbow and then you fall down and you're dead on the ground. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sounds about right. So, so you didn't have water yet. When do you actually? How the fuck do you use the water in the first place? Did you have to go back and get it? Yeah. Had to go back to the to the pod, and well, I guess water. what I'm asking though is, did you did you hit what again? I'm spacing on whatever the dead end is, but or it's where you have to use it. But did you get to that and then go back, or did you happen to go back to the crash site? Because I guess you need the knife too, and I guess my fear is that you could have not have gotten the knife either and have gotten all the way to the Sarian ship. And yeah, I guess I don't know because like I died, 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 and then. You know, now I just know how to do it. So then I just went and got the, the 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 survival pack, and then went and did the shit at the skeleton. I didn't have to drink water. I think because I did it quickly enough. Is that the only? That might be the only use of it. That might be why I'm spacing on it because. Oh it no might, no! It's it it's might not. just be a time. Let's go on. Let let's yeah. let's see. Okay. Yeah, I'll be curious to see where that implements because yeah, if you can get off this area of the game without having gotten that survival kit that's just like you're fucked the, that's the perfect example of, of how ruthless these games can be yeah you're you're 100 percent soft locked yeah and you're just yeah you're just fucking starting over is your only choice yeah so what you want to do is walk on by the acid thing that is actual not an actual poi it's just to tip off i suppose what's happening above it more than anything else and then you know grant you a death possibility i suppose to but the next actual poi is a laser barrier where you yes just the most obvious thing ever where you have to 
whip out that piece of glass from the crash site, from the windshield, the spider windshield, and you ref- self um, reflect the laser beams back onto themselves to blow them up. Which, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I can't fathom there's any technology that could possibly work that way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how lasers yeah. work, actually, but um, yeah, I'd be surprised. Seems, yeah, I'd be real surprised. But it is definitely how they work in cartoons and shit, so perfect. It makes perfect sense. Yep. And the copy you get for that is, you have cleverly turned the beam upon itself, frying and fusing it to a, into a state of inoperability. And then the path wraps behind that door that that opens up the path or i guess just behind those lasers the path wraps up and around to the upstairs part of the screens we just passed through and you'll encounter that dripping acid you saw and this did you because you can see where they're dropping so you know if you were controlling this game with like a fucking gamepad this makes a lot of sense but it or easy would be easy particularly easy i suppose but and you, well, you could actually just like stop, but you're using the clicking, fucking walking thing, so you gotta kind of time that. And then the la- very last one of these drip points doesn't have the indicator on the ground hmm. that something has been falling there. And then you know it, the idea is that that's the hole it's going through and dripping into that pond below. Mm-hmm. So basically. I died on this just because, like, I figured I knew immediately what to do and was able to get all the way through it, except to the last one, which I didn't know there was a hole there, and that just happened to be when it dripped. So I died here, even though I knew exactly what to do. So you got, <laughs> yeah, so you got through, thought that you had gotten all the way through, and then got dripped right. where there was no indication. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I very smartly just clicked all the way at the other end of the screen. And just got lucky? Yeah, dude, I got through it like the. I think I got through it the first try, and like yeah. I, you know, dying and whatnot. I came back and like I had no problem with this. Okay. Well, yeah, I would. I would again, I wouldn't call it a problem. It's just because there was no black mark on the ground, I mm. didn't know to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I think I was always gotten by the first one. Actually, like I would, you know, like it, it, there was enough of a delay where I was like, I'm safe to go now, and then instantly they drop another one on you, and I died. It's one f- cool thing about it, though. They do. They do. They score the droplets with like a. Uh, some sort of tune, like a note by note tune, so you can kind of time it with music if you're music- more musically inclined than I. Mm. Uh, so I thought you might notice that. I didn't even notice it, it actually. Yeah, I was just blowing through. The next screen is uneventful, and exiting right there takes you to a black void. And as soon as you enter, or you actually get this copy that reads this. This is not me speaking it. <laughs> as soon as you enter the room, you find yourself surrounded by darkness. Suddenly, you become aware of the fact that you cannot move or speak. A strange, unknown force has taken over. A massive holographic image appears before you. And then that happens. It's a huge blue face, reflective met- metallic red eyes, large lower fangs jutting up and out of these terse lips, and then it begins to speak. And in my case, anyways, it begins to speak. Gi- it began to speak gibberish. And... That is because I did not have my translator turned on before I walked in here. And once you're inside, you have no control or no icon to use. So if you haven't done that, he starts speaking this gibberish. He eventually gets pissed off and irritated that you can't understand him. And they just fire your ass back up to the surface. So you have to go all the way back through it again and turn your translator on first. So that, again 
perfect example of like Sierra, like just fucking turn the translator on, man. Like if you're, especially if you're not gonna give me a chance to do it at all. Like God forbid, uh, you, it should just click on either way, but <laughs> but yeah. or be on all the time, whatever you know. Uh, but yeah, that was a, like a really dumb runaround thing that uh, I was not surprised by because it's Sierra, but was annoyed nonetheless. Yep. So you gotta go back up. Oh, check your inventory. Oh, the translator. Right. The whole cave again. So when you have that clicked on, he happens to speak plain English, and with a heightened eloquence, he tells you that he's observed you are up shit creek without a paddle and are in need of transpo, and if you help them by fragging the ORAT, he might help you out. And you have to bring him proof of its demise, he asserts, then you are fired back up to the surface just like when you couldn't understand him. So you're back up top now, and my initial inclination was, yes, I need to lure the ORAT out. Or kill this, like, basically, I was like, I need to kill something with that vertebrae. I need to either fucking kill the fucking spider droid or lure the ORAT out of the cave and get him to drop this fucking thing on. Because, yes, I just had this, like, incredibly stark memory <laughs> of having to kill something that way uh, from whenever, you know. And so I spent a long while doing that. Did you come out of the fucking, from down there and have any clue what to do here? When I finally got in there with the translator on, the ORAT was already dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, you got. I think I got fired. out of there and didn't know exactly what to do. Like I, I, I said earlier, I was like, "Oh, you just check your inventory and turn the thing on." Like I didn't think it that quickly, so I was like wandering around seeing what to do, and then uh, I encountered a way to kill the Orat. Okay. Well, that is yeah. I mean, that's the next thing that you have to do. So how did that flow for you? So. I got the th I got that spider droid to chase me, and then I went into the cave, the Orat cave that's in the. So the you did jaws. this was d deliberate. You were like, I'm gonna try to lure that thing in there. Yeah. So like okay. when it when it when you get that first thing where it crashed on the planet, it says like it seeks out organic life and then destroys it. And I was like, cool, that's organic life. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. So I got it following me, and again, I wasn't sure if the game would work like this. You know, like I figured like once I go into that cave. Like, maybe that spider droid just exists out of there. Right, so yeah. I had the same problem. My biggest hurdle here was, yes, disbelief that the game could work with such an elaborate system. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't believe that it would just follow me like that. But it does. So it sounds like you did it the same way. I went into the cave, and as soon as you step into the cave, your Roger takes, like, a, his, 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 his animation is just automated. He goes and, like, hides right. behind a rock. Which I, that surprised me that you didn't have to also think to hide, you know. Mm. Uh, Maybe they thought it'd been like a little too clunky, hide. you know. Yeah, but well, they make you hide earlier in the game. Exactly, that's that's what yeah. I mean. Like, there's so many instances where that is the puzzle, you know, to mm -hmm. hide in places that I don't think you can really fucking guess or figure out just by looking at these oil paintings that are backgrounds <laughs> you know yeah the there's there's obviously the one in the first Syrian ship or the in the arcada rather and then later there's one in the Syrian to get into the Syrian ship that i both of those i was like didn't get it they don't even kind of get it so yeah uh, yes i guess i was thankful that they didn't expect that of me here not to mention that rock doesn't really look like it can hide you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it's funny because, like, when you hide on the Arcada, you're, like, kind of hidden a little bit. Right. And then when you hide in there, it's just, you know, I know why games do this because you can't fucking show everything. But, like, it's just implied that you're hiding. Right. You know, it's like, but you're right there. Yeah. 
so many things uh, require, uh, yeah, I guess, the leap of dis- uh, suspension of disbelief I, is the or suspension of belief, suspension, suspension of belief. Disbelief. disbelief, suspension of disbelief. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot believe this. You have to forget right. about that. Suspend right. that disbelief. After you do that, there is a it, it does it goes up and just blows that fucker right up. And I think the Oret does some kind of like cute, like curious thing with it first, maybe. Uh, in either case, the it blows the Orat up, leaving uh, both are gone then, and off your off your fucking um, list of problems in this in this world. And a small bit of the Orat is left behind, and it's described as this cute little item is an Orat part. You're not sure what part though, so you have to take this back through that long tedious journey. And that's what we're saying too. Like it's it's not when you go back down there, you have to go through all that shit again. I guess. The shit's all still done. It's not like you have to do the puzzles again, but you have to go through that whole fucking sequence and all. And you do have to go through the fucking acid shit again. Yeah, do the sure. acid, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a whole to deal to do that. You have to do this three times, you know. Uh, and it's a lot of screen changing. So, like, you know, we're spoiled because, you know, fucking everything's instant load and looks like you're <laughs> Yeah, that's that's worth saying, yeah. But, you know, yeah. it is a thing. Like, you got to, when you go, like, click on the left side of the screen and, like, you're going to the west to the next screen, like, it takes a few seconds to like kick in to load. So. I, I re- yeah, I can remember on that fucking IBM PS one two whatever it was when yeah when these screens material you probably can't we probably I don't remember noticing it playing here because yes the shit's just flying as far as the processing goes but the I remember like the materialization of the image on the screen having this I almost feel like they deliberately did it because they knew it would be running slower and you'd be able to discern this but it kind of had this like a dissolve like a Mm. film dissolve yeah texture to it of like each pixel appearing in like kind of like a checkered way that like makes it come into view in a slower kind of developing way, you know? So yeah, they, I think even accounted for that in the design and yeah, I mean, that was certainly part of the, the play experience though is yeah, the more it, the shit would have to load. <laughs> huh. I don't remember down. that about it. Like that gradient yeah. shit. But yeah, I mean, fucking clearly that's was part of the, that was fully expected. And I'm sure uh, in a comparative way, because this was playing off your hard drive and you know, we were playing this in an era where you 100% had CD loading uh, mm-hmm. and that shit took forever. <laughs> so it's not some fucking solid state drive anymore. This is right. like throwback, right? So this was this was. Uh... But I'm saying even compared to like the, the actual CD drive games or CD ROM games, both on consoles at the time, the PlayStation and with PCs, this would still be faster because it is working off a hard drive. Even though they were yes, not solid state drives, they were the fucking spinny deals, but. Uh, still very much infinitely faster than loading something off a... That's why, I don't know if you recall, the, the CD-ROM speed shit. Like, they started off at, like, you know, you could get a four times speed, and that was, like, a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then, like, they ended up getting up to, like, 32 and 64. And that was, of course, inconsequential difference, really. But, yeah, early on, like, getting, like, a four-speed one versus... Uh, in fact, there were games where you had to have a certain oh, speed okay. for it to even work. That was part of the spec, the system spec requirements was yeah. a certain, like an eight times. x or something. Right, because the it, the game wouldn't be able to function in a manageable way without that <laughs> load speed, you know. So. Yeah, huh. I, I can uh, picture, I'm picturing now computer game boxes that have like 4x or 8x on them. Yeah. And it never occurred to me what that was. 
So when you get back to the whatever that fucking floating disembodied head is or belongs to, you he reappears and asks you to toss down proof of the Orat's demise in front of him. If you have it and you do so, the door opens, or rather a door opens in the back of the room and you automatically walk through it. And then copy from that reads, when you step through, a door slides open with a faint hissing sound. You are alone in a large room full of strange equipment. A teal and pink dude with four arms comes buzzing out on a little hovering disc and chats you up. Very Cylon-like. Yes. And he tells you they are a peaceful people that are just a little cautious. And he makes it a point to tell you that this is a power station for his people and that they generate all the, their power via steam. And it felt like a political statement to me. <laughs> Did it? I, th- I thought it seemed really bizarre because I was like, you know, like, it's like space shit and you guys are fucking... I mean, maybe they're just not advanced, but they got floating platforms. So no, they are advanced and they're just using coal and steam. That's weird, but okay. Yeah. I Well, I, I think... I think the implication that it was a a, a a clean steam, not necessarily coal generated steam. Yeah, steam doesn't steam doesn't have to come from coal. I suppose that's that's, true, that's the way man. idiot humans do it. <laughs> yeah, we also do geothermal, which they could have been doing. So right, yeah, that's true. In fact, that's obviously more advanced too. So that's probably what they were doing. Yeah, okay, fair enough. But yeah, I, anyway, I don't say that as a criticism. I, I fully support no. ethically green-minded platforms, even in video games. And he goes on to explain that they've promised you Transpo and that the skimmer you can see to Roger's right is programmed to take him to a nearby settlement called Eulance Flats where you can procure further transportation. And he also stresses that the skimmer is designed to travel a half meter above the ground because of those fucking worms. So before you skid out of here, skitter out of here, you can play with their computer via inserting the data cart you have in tow. Did you even think to do this, and can it let you get out of here without doing so, I guess is a question. Oh, <laughs> I got so much to say about this room. So, number one, if you look at the floor in this room, and this happens throughout the game, actually. If you look at certain objects, your character, Roger Wilco, uh, he... the. the uh, the blurb back they give you about the observation you've made usually revol- revolves around like custodial work that he's done in the oh, past. Oh yeah, yeah. And I really appreciate like it was like something like this floor is like really you know polished or something, and I was like, yeah, because he's a custodian, right? Like, so he, he would, would think like that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's very um, cool. I agree. So that happens in this game regularly, and uh, I first found it here. Secondly, yes, you can leave without going into that machine. I had fortunately I was smart enough to make saves at certain points in the game. So, like, I knew because I was kind of on a time, you know, restriction here. I was just like, anytime I got to a new place, I would just make a new save. And then once I got later in the game where I didn't go into that fucking computer and it would have soft locked me, I would have been fucked. I just loaded that up, threw the disc in, and then I was able to go on. So, yes, I did leave without checking that computer first. The second thing is, how many times did you, or the third thing, how many times did you leave this building? Did you As have to, in, like, reload and, like... There's there's no, like, story twist or anything. Did you have to, like, reload to an earlier save and, like, do this again? In the, You mean the arcade sequence or the actual just getting out of out of here? Uh, I guess it would be the whole sequence, you know, front to back. You know, where you, the dude lets you in, he talks about the steam, and then you get in the thing and go. How many times did you do that? Again, through the arcade thing, which obviously is supposedly skill-based, or just to starting that arcade sequence? Arcade? Where you can, you probably skipped it. I hope you skipped it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I did skip that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, just to get to the arcade sequence. How many times did you do okay. that? Okay. Uh, I think just once. Yeah, I think just the one time. And when you got in the thing and drove away, how how did that happen? Oh, uh, yeah, he backs up and runs into the fucking. <laughs> it doesn't always do that. 
Really? No so shit. the first time I left, he just gets in and drives and goes straight. I was like, okay, cool. Like that's what I expected to happen. Maybe that only happens when you actually look at the computer. Ooh, could be. Maybe that's. I mean, you know, it's. I, I don't think I'd have to fence test it. I'm not going to get into it. But, but yeah, it's that's, not that That's important. a good point, actually. But just as far again, like examining it just from a scientific perspective of like what in the code would cause that, maybe that's the the difference, you know. Yeah, the code's like once you know if this, then that. Yeah. Right. Because uh, yeah, otherwise it would just be totally random. Yeah, he definitely backs up, and it yeah, it, uh, uh, what's it say? He accidentally backs into the machine before getting in the correct uh, correct gear and exiting. Uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't give me any copy. It just shows you the animation. Uh, you would you would think it would comment on it. Oh, yeah, I fun, thought it was just do it like it. that's probably what's happening. But I thought that it just like three times out of four you just drive straight, but one time out of four you back up, and I was like, what cool randomization to introduce right. into a game like this? Like yeah, either way, it's fun. Yeah, that it, yeah. Any, I mean, you you mentioned there was something you mentioned. Oh, the divergence of just the flowchart uh, having killed the orat before you went downstairs which i guess raises the question when you went down there and talked to him then did i didn't think to ask this when you went down and talked to him for the first time you already had the orat oh, piece did i no i mean that might not be true i think i went down there got thrown back up the one time and then maybe i didn't having know. understood him though got thrown back up after having understood him no, I didn't understand him. Fuck, I can't remember exactly what happened. I, I didn't understand him. I got thrown back up. I think I went and did some shit. Oh, that was it. Found the Orat, was able to kill him the way we talked about. And then I just confirmed something else by looking at a playthrough here or a walkthrough here. And then I went back down there with the translator on. He was like, can you kill that Orat? And then I go to my inventory and I just click on the thing and I drop it on the screen. And then he lets me go. Okay. So you don't need to like leave and then come back. Even if you've already got the Orat part, you can just whip it there. And actually, it's, that's a, got a cool animation with it, too. Like, when you drop the thing, it's not just like it appears on the screen. Like, it appears in, in Roger's hand, and then he, like, tosses Toss it, it like, on yeah, the like ground, rolls. and then he flicks yeah. his hand, and, like, you see blood come off his hand. Right, I right, thought that right, was right. cool. Yep. Uh, okay, but yeah, I, what I was getting at there is that it's interesting that there is, you know, again, you just wouldn't expect a ton of branching paths you know uh they you know they try to build these games these early games like this with the feel of non-linearity but mm. they are usually pretty linear <laughs> yeah it's like, it's like a straight line with like and then you come to an intersection and it's just a diamond that leads back to the same right, straight precisely line. perfect example is like when you first crash land uh, on the here in the desert like yeah you can go left and down but not really not <laughs> you have to go east right right so you hop, uh, well, yeah, I guess, you, so you go back, to, if you think to go back to that computer and you punch it in, there's a message from one of the Arcata scientists explaining that they think they're being watched and that the star generator is a very powerful device and that it should be returned to the Xenon ruling body if found. And she also divulges a self-destruct feature is, is on this device. And you can initiate that by entering the code 8731. And then you have five minutes to get at least five kilometers away or you're fucked, buddy. So yeah, if you don't get this code, there's no way for you to beat the game. And yep. again, you can leave here without it. So I don't... Maybe there is... You never know if you do the right thing. You don't know if it builds some sort of backups, whatever, some way to get it to you later on that you wouldn't otherwise see. So I don't know if that exists. But, yeah, knowing how these games are, it's distinctly possible that you can railroad yourself 
into a dead end here and not know it for hours after the fact. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think I did that uh, without my backup saves that I had kept. I got to the thing and I, I didn't know the code. Uh, brutal. I, and I don't know, like, I mean, I thought, I don't think I checked the entire last dungeon, like every, like, path. So maybe it could have been in there somewhere, you know, like maybe in one of the Sarian scientists is just like, oh, we're fucking found this code. Right, and it's right, on a computer right. somewhere. But I, I had to load and. Oh, you know what? I think, I think, I think he, I think that guy might say it again. Actually, come to think of it, where would he I say it? The, I think the guard. I think he's literally just mutters it when you first talk to him. The. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm again. I'm. It's a ways off here still, so I don't have. I'm not gonna go down there in my notes, but we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I'm, I have a vague recollection that I think he might repeat it to you. Uh, so maybe this is one case where again, there's a little bit of, of uh, um, forgiving approach to this. But you know, those dead ends certainly exist in these games. Yeah. So yeah, you do hop in the skimmer, whether he backs into a machine or gets right out of there. Either way, you go out into the desert and you are prompted with an option to play or skip what they call an arcade sequence. And my initial thing was, well, I like arcades. Let's fucking, (laughs) let's dance. So I tried it and it's just clicking the cursor to the right or left of your, it's like a, it's it's a phone game, dude. It's you're, you're, you're clicking to the right or left of your skimmer to avoid rocks that crest up over the quasi perspective horizon as you scoot along and you are allowed to take up to five clicks of damage from hitting rocks before you get to the destination uh, or, or you die and have to just redo it. And it is, yeah, I, I was, it's no fun. It was just no fun. <laughs> was it difficult? Very difficult. Oh, yes. Okay. I did. Yeah. I tried it numerous times, maybe two, three, four, something like that. Uh, a handful of them. And, you know, you can see like it, you know, it like it hits benchmarks and like you can see Yulin's flats in the distance getting a little closer. Yeah. So, I mean, for the time, it looks kind of cool. And again, for the time also in this kind of game in particular, because there's it is all this just point and click stuff. There isn't a lot of action. You know, it was probably a welcome or semi-welcome experience at the time. Mm-hmm. But from a modern perspective, it is fucking awful. Yeah. And yeah, there's no benefit to it. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Definitely skipped it every time I had to do it. So, yeah. Well, that was smart, or smart rather, because it fucking sucked. So now we are in Ulent Flats, and this, I think, is the best part of this video game. I think this is the most fun uh, section, for sure. I concur. Um, Yeah. So we open here with your skimmer parked in front of a building with a large sign that reads Rocket Bar, and the sign looks like a rocket that's crashed into the building, which gives me Fallout vibes. It uh, reminds me of those I got a lot of Fallout vibes. Yeah. And the copy you get reads, After a truly stone-crushing journey, you have miraculously arrived safely in Yulin's flats and just in time to, because the skimmer's power cell has been drained. It will take some time to recharge itself. This place isn't quite what you expected. It's semi-bleak at best. An odd-looking fellow, or rather an odd-looking fellow, is lounging against the wall of a nearby building, watching you with a great deal of interest. And this dude uh, walks over to you as soon as you climb out of the skimmer and starts checking out said skimmer. He tells you he's been looking everywhere for one of these babies, and then he offers you 25 buckazoids for it. 
Did you say yes, Jeb? I said the first time. What did I say? I said no. As did I. And he walks away in a huff when you do that. Yep. Here's the thing. If you do that and then just leave without grabbing the keys from the ignition, mm-hmm. when you leave the screen and come back, it's been stolen, which is a real drag in a financially comparative sense to the 25 buckazoid offer he gave you. <laughs> Before that occurs, did you have it stolen from you? I absolutely did. Yeah, because who the fuck would take keys? Because what are keys and ignitions? You don't know that if you didn't live in 1990 because you don't fucking need those anymore. I leave my car. I left Amy's car on for like eight hours of the day. Oh, my God. Yeah, I... And hers has like a key thing sticking out of it, too. Like She has this one of those Porsche Cayennes. And... So she was out of town for work, and she left her car behind mine, and we have this tandem spot, so I had to fucking switch the cars, and I was going to the gym, and, like, I had headphones in, so I couldn't even hear, and, like, I moved her car, parked it in the fucking thing, and, like, even when I got out, I had the, I, I had the, she's got a clicker, of course, so I, I, I hit the clicker, and it, like, did something weird, I can't recall, it didn't beep like it normally does, or something like that, and I thought it was weird, kind of, yeah, but I was like, like, that's eh. not right. What I was like, whatever, maybe it's some dumb Porsche shit. <laughs> <laughs> Porsche, like, obviously I, not a sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> right, yeah, and I get in my car, and I fucking drive away, and I got, oh. you know, I was gone running errands for a couple hours, and I get a call at the gym from my neighbor, he's like, Hey, is everything okay? I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, he's like, fucking the the car is just running in your spot. Uh, with the headlights on and shit. And like that was the thing. It was like the middle of the day, so I didn't even see the headlights were still on and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. So I'm like, no. I'm like, no. Uh, everything's fine. I'm apparently just a moron. Uh, yeah. I left it oh, on when I moved it. Yeah. Brutal. Uh, but yeah, key ignitions, keys. Like that was the whole thing. I you know I even my last. I just got. My car has has keys. Does it really? 2007 Subaru. 17. Okay. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. I had had a 12 Mustang. I got a 21 new a couple years ago. And so I had, yeah, I had the key up until just like two years ago. And like, yeah, dude, the first, oh my God, the first couple, like, I don't know how I get out of the thing. I'm in the thing. I have it. I don't have it on. I don't have it off. It's just a button. Like I can't fucking, I I still fuck it up. I've had two years now. I still fuck it up sometimes, even in my own cars, because it it is, yeah, they're already so quiet anyways. (laughs) I can't, if I... I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe the Teslas don't. Maybe they have like a more, I don't know, vibrant display of whether it's on or off, mm-hmm. probably than a gas-powered car does. So maybe that's how they, you know, circumvent that problem. But those cars are silent, you know. So yeah. what can I? Yeah, they now don't. What? Yeah, I don't know, man. My boss wow. back in like 2009, I was working at Lakeland Glass, and uh, he's like. He's, I go into his office. He's like, hey, uh, bring my car in the shop and, like, fucking do something to it. And I was like, all right, cool. So it gives me his keys, and, like, I get in there, and it was, like, 2009, but it was it was ignitionless. Like, this is my first time encountering okay, yeah. this. And I was just out there, like, starting to panic. <laughs> five minutes, and I was just like, I have to go back in and tell my boss I don't know how to start a car. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I figured it out, but I had to drive a Tesla for the first time in a work situation earlier this year. And mm-hmm. yeah, I got into that thing and I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing recognizable in here. <laughs> yeah. like, I've been in my friend's electric cars and like we pull up to a stop stoplight and it's just like silence, complete yeah. silence. And then like the light turns green and then like all of a sudden the sounds come back and I'm like, holy yeah. fuck. Yeah, very well. Well, well that's not happening th- here. Yeah, the skimmer has has an ignition for sure with some keys in it. If you need to take those to keep it from getting stolen, and if you 
hang out after refuting the offer instead of leaving. So you don't have to leave and come back, thankfully. He will just come back if you hang around long enough. And he comes back in, and he said uh, it's his final offer, but he's offering you 30 buckazoids now and a gently used jetpack. Did you say yes to that one? That one I did say yes to. It seemed like yes. a better... Especially after it got stolen, I was like, I better just kind of figure this out. <laughs> right, yeah. That's probably a huge influence on it. Yeah, that, that if, it, if it had not been stolen, I wonder if... Because I'm always trying to exhaust, again, for the podcast purposes, I'm trying to exhaust all logic trees, yeah. you know? So I probably would have said no if it had not been stolen, but... Did you fence test this? Do you have to sell your skimmer? I suppose you don't have to because you have a couple bucks, right? You, you were... That's... that's it. It... it you saves have a you couple. Yeah, so you can get, you can start you as know, long as you spo- can spoiler yeah. alert, you can start gambling. Yeah. And honestly, actually, yeah, it's not a problem because you can get more money out back of the bar. Yes. I don't know. Oh, yep, yep. Right. So, yeah, so they yeah, it it's certainly infinitely helpful to not, honestly, it's honestly not that it's only 10% of It's what, not really or, that. Well, it's, it's not, 10%, but also there's 20% off the robot. Right. So yeah, this and guy's also. Uh, yeah. Did you? Are you going to read his uh, his clip? Because this guy's also like part of the commerce. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So if you say yes to it, he, I didn't write without his actual dialogue. But yeah, he says he's a rep for the local chamber of commerce, and he gives you a couple coupons, which is one. Yes, a twenty percent off at Droids R Us, which you don't know. We don't know what it is yet, but you have that, and then five bucks of credit at the bar. It's not so, five bucks of credit. I found this really interesting. It's, it's five a rebate. Buckazoids. It's like, a just, rebate. A it's rebate. not five buckazoids. It's a rebate. They actually, yes, they give you the five bucks. They give you the five dollars. Yes. Right. Yes. It's fucking. Yeah. It is super weird. <laughs> yeah. Here's like uh, it's like twenty percent off our shop and also five dollars. Like, how are you guys making money? Right. I think. Well, I think it's also if I recall, I think it might be. It's a coupon off and then also a rebate. I think at the bar there's too. There's two. I, there's two things. So you get one that you use at the bar. You give them right. the thing. It's like a blue and it has a five on it. And you get five buckazoids and a free drink. So like, and a free drink. That's what it is, right? Yeah. yeah. It's so. Like, so they're not. They've just given you seven buckazoids. Right. Right. And then the other yeah. one is a coupon for the twenty percent off at Droids R Us. Yes. Yeah. Which I get. I mean, the Chamber of Commerce. I guess you know. That's. You know they're kind of sponsoring. Just development of the local economic community, right? That's I, like, I guess yeah, like trying idea. to get customers in. You right, right, right. this shit. I fuck. I'm an engineer. Dude. I don't know. Right. Well, it's like the you know I, I bartended for a long time in New York. The bartenders are not the sorry not the bartenders. The security guys that worked out front, the door guys, would always for the uh, especially the trashier ones. Um, you know, some of the more exclusive high-end joints, you know, they're already, they're telling people to go away so they don't have this problem. But the ones that are trying to attract people in, they would often give out. And they're not trying to attract anyone in, of course. They're trying to attract young women in because that brings in everyone else you want. So sure. they would give out free shot cards to groups of girls at the door. And yes, literally nothing. And the girls would come in. They would, you know. Oh, God. And, 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 you know, if it was, and, you know, it's fucking, it was midtown Manhattan. So sometimes these groups are like 15, 20 girls. The, bigger, yeah. the more the merrier, you know. And they'd give them as, they, you know, and they're not even counting cards. And they just hand them a stack of cards. And those girls would come in and just like throw a million cards on the thing. Like, give me eight billion shots. <laughs> You oh know, not not tip. And this is yeah, no money. Definitely not tipping. And then just walk the fuck out of the bar. Oh, <laughs> God. But it works. You know, even if it only works ten percent of the time, that actually retains the customers. Yeah. You're still accomplishing the goal. And alcohol costs nothing. And they're putting cheap, well alcohol in the 
you know, brand name alcohol bottles anyway, so it yeah. cost them nothing to run the bar. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Convince yeah, me. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's still a, it's a net positive for the. So this the is a, you know, Droids R Us. They're selling actually even when you go into Droids R Us, the guy calls you out for being broke. So they're definitely putting the budget and uh, you know uh, New Japan four parts uh, right. in these droids they're selling you. They're taking the good components out and putting the shit in. One hundred percent. Yeah. One hundred percent. So I guess this makes some sense. Turns out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He then takes the keys from you and speeds off in the skimmer. So there's no no refunds or no takebacks on that. And I figured, seeing this is a Sierra point and click, the sooner we got drunk, the better. So I headed straight into the rocket bar first. Is that your first POI? Yeah, I went into the rocket bar. Didn't know that getting drunk was a thing in uh, Sierra games like this. I only mean in the sense that it's uh, they're often painful in some shape or form. So wow. getting, getting I don't drunk recall. Do it was was Leisure Shoot Larry also Sierra? Yes. See yes. that that one I we don't have to start on this because we can. But, um, <laughs> see that one makes sense for drinking, uh, but like King's Quest and Police Quest, I wouldn't think that would make a lot of sense. Police Quest, especially. I bet Police Quest has has. I bet you. I bet you go to bars and have drinks on the on duty, yeah, or at least off duty. At least okay. off duty. You know, now I say it like actually. You know that one. Yeah, I'm almost. Sense. I I like. I'm pretty sure that Police Quest. Three. God, I, I can't wait to play those. I wonder like how faithful they are to like, you know, like the police officer experience. Very, I told you, we discussed it. Uh, if you, I don't know if you recall, one of the first magazine episodes we did talked about those uh, in some way, shape, or form. There was something where we talked about this, but the they hired a cop. They had a cop, like the guy that incentivized, like a cop, like a retired cop, came to them with that idea. Oh, sure. Came okay. to Sierra. So the the idea, yeah, they did not. That was, I don't think, anyways. Maybe slightly misremembering. I know for certain ones involved, but mm. I think he also catalyzed the idea. Yeah, I think he came to them with like, "Hey, why don't we do one of these?" And I'll keep it honest to the cop sure. experience, you know. Okay. What I mean? So, yeah, they are very much are. They were trying to replicate actual cop processes and cop protocol. Yeah. And that, that's not and just, they're not just, they're not just, they're not just like spitballing on Stallone movies or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. I, I guess I thought maybe they were, I thought maybe they were just like, you know, we know generally what the idea of a police officer, I could write yeah, yeah. a game about a police officer, right? Like, he responds to some calls. The stakes to get higher, like, and then he does. But yeah. like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Nah. Talking yeah, about and then that's yeah. I mean, and I remember that about that game too. That third one, it, it you know, there is it's so much of it is the thing. You know, it's like we the thing you remember, you know, of like going to the right car window. Yeah, you know, like that's all like procedural. Like that that stems out of uh, the idea of. Yeah, that guy would have reported. He would have been like, the training manual says to do it this way. So right, you know, you should have a consequence where you don't do it that way, and then right. you die. Yep, or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. That'll be fun. So, yeah, it will be. And I, I just noticed I sent you that screenshot of the of the the they have a VGA remake of that first one. So I, I guess. Oh, that's so why. they're not. Oh, you're about to break my heart right now. Is there not a VGA remake for every one of these games? I think there is. That's what I was saying. So like even, King's Quest even, one through seven has. Oh, all King's Quest is obvious. I think yes, for sure. Okay, cool. The I was a little. I wasn't sure actually whether all of them would, or whether I guess what whether Police Quest would. But I guess if space, we obviously know Space Quest does, and and Space Quest Kings, is like one through seven. Uh, I don't know how many there are, or however many there are. Right, but yes, I mean, this, if the first one is, then not, you know, eventually yeah. there probably isn't remakes of the latter ones. They they just were like like I know Kings Quest five and six were already in this format, so there yeah, is yeah that no was the standard SCI SCI version. Of those, you know, I think it's just one through. I think even four actually might be like this, and I think it's one through three that are SCI. Okay, uh, but that's all, again me spitballing. 
Inside the bar, it is pretty cool. The stage is the actual cockpit of the rocket sticking out of the roof. The windshield is broken out of it. Not spidered, entirely broken. Up on the stage are a couple of guys that are clearly Blues Brothers knockoffs, dancing and singing away. And there are a handful of patrons at the bar hanging out, uh, or, or they're also hanging out at the one table in here. And there's a slot machine in the corner near the stage. Uh, or rather, I'd say the peeps at the bar could potentially be construed as the peeps on the game box cover. for The yellow guy, for sure, is one of them, it's, the yellow alien. And the I girl, think I think... All of them. I, there's thing. the dog there, too. Okay, yeah. Because what you you talk to the one guy, the the brown guy at the bar, and it's like it's, you can't really see that he's a dog. Like it, it's not clear, um, or dog like I should say. Um, <laughs> but you offer you're like you say to him, "Can I offer you a milk bone?" And he gurs at you. So uh, okay, he's then the dog sure. looking one. So I I, okay. I I noted that too. I was like, this seems to be the cover of the hint book. Okay, well, that's the game box. Hint book oh, game, oh, right, game box. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah. thing. They also toss a three-breasted joke in here uh, about the pro forma attractive female barfly saying you must be getting dizzy because you're seeing triple. And I don't know if you picked up on it, but that's a low-key Total Recall reference. Ooh, I did not pick up on that. And that's yeah. the one um, Paul Verhoeven movie that I haven't really seen. And I'm, like, obsessed with RoboCop and uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, you got to. I've told you to watch the well, I've seen. I've documentary, seen, right? Uh, you may have, but I didn't. Um, you gotta, you gotta watch it. To do that. So fucking, so it's a four or five part series. It is oh, so shit. fucking good. What's it, it on? Is so good. Uh, it's somewhere stupid. You gotta buy it. It's, okay. it's yeah, it's somewhere dumb. I'll make sure to do it. But yeah, RoboCop and Starship Troopers are fucking fantastic. Damn, are they good? And I've seen Total Recall, but like not with the brain that I have as like an older sure. person. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it is so RoboCop like in the. I don't know what I don't know what to call that. Just like the 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 tonality of the social commentary, it's it's in this it's in the and, same and thing. also very yeah. subtle, right? Yeah, because like RoboCop says so much without saying a word, and so do Starship Troopers for that matter. Um, you know, you got to really pay attention to like kind of pick up in the world that they live in. But once you do, like you see it everywhere. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. This it's referencing. It's, I'd call it one of the. More iconic scenes in Total Recall. Yes, I remember the three boobed lady. Right, right, right. Um, right. As, a, as a young man, you know, I was yes. I was interested in that. Yeah. On the topic of Total Recall, actually, I was catching up on the new season of Rick and Morty the other night, and they did an entire episode referencing Quato, the, <laughs> the psychic baby creature that lives in the taxi driver's oh, yeah, yeah. abdomen in Total yeah. Recall. They did an entire episode about it was even for that show. It was wild, which that show is, I don't think you, I think you see it, you don't watch it, but one, you should, it's, it's, I think it's fucking, not every episode's a hit, it's sometimes a little too self-referential and meta, but a lot of them are very good, and this one was, it is always very wild, and this was a wild one, even by Rick and Morty standards, but yeah, just like, you know, literally an entire, it was like a designer race of Quato people that like were, uh, uh, like, basically the, the, elite were paying to have Quado people installed in them. And there was like a nightclub that was all Quado people that was like highly exclusive. It was fucking absolutely bad shit and say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they get into some goofy shit. Eh, it's not for yep. me. I redeemed my coupon with the barkeep, got my free drink and five buckazoid rebate. And yeah, again, that was yeah, I made a little note here that like that was weird commerce there. <laughs> that they physically hand you five bucks was very yeah. unexpected. Yeah. And Roger urges that a couple refills would be nice, so I oblige. After the third, you overhear some bar chatter, and this is 
this really long story that I wrote down. I don't think it's worth reading, but it's just talking about this cruising, this story of cruising through and seeing uh, a ship. And it basically, the whole point of this is nested in it is a sector a sector name that you need to cross-reference with the instruction manual that tells you where you need to go to find the Syrian ship after you leave here. And I, because it is this long rambling thing, did not make note of it and did not know that. And this was the one time that I had to reference the hint book actually ah. uh, to, as I mentioned, the text thread. So yeah, mine was BF. You said yours was HH, right? Correct. Right. So yeah, this changes. It's not, it's, it's a, again, a form of copy protection. And yeah, I was stumped uh, a little later on by this, um, not having taken uh, detailed enough note of this. See, I, I actually made note of it here. I wrote HH up in the top right corner. Cause like it just stood out, like everything else seemed, Bullshit. you know, just like stock. <laughs> it seems stock. But so I wrote down HH, but then I got to the fucking point where I texted you and I was like, I don't know how to make this work. And it didn't occur to me. I was looking through the hint book trying to figure it out. And then finally it occurred to me I had to look in the instruction manual. Ah, uh, okay. So I forgot that it was a copyright thing. Then I would have looked yeah. there immediately. Yeah, I was, again, yeah, I was assuming that you just fucked up this, this, the symbols. <laughs> no, I just, I just didn't know. I was like, HH. And there's like, there's fucking symbols that look like H's. So I just like put HH and then hit enter. And it's like, you got to enter a whole code. So I was like, I was trying to find the ones that like looked most like spaces and then space, space, <laughs> HH. And I was fucking, that was a mess. Tough. Well, after that, the only real thing to do here is to head over to the slots and fuck with those little, or fuck with that machine a little. And yeah, I just kind of knew to slap that gadget on it. And this is where things would have really gotten interesting if you stuck with that SCI version, because you wouldn't have had that gadget from the star generator on the Arcana. I don't know how that would work, right? Well, it's what it, the way it works is, and it's why I have the memory I do, actually, of playing this game in the SCI version with my cousin, is you don't have that. There is no cheese capability for the gambling mm. you have to just sit and play it Fuck and that. get God. lucky in, in the in the rng yeah which sucked and i remember it sucking hardcore uh, at the time too so you walk into this thing the max bet is three dollars and with the thing please. stay in character so right sorry three buckazoids and if you slap the the thing on it every time you either get three cherries which was most of the time which gives you a 15 dollar payout you can get three galaxies for a $30 come up, or if you get three planes, it's a $60 uh, take. So you only win, basically, with this gadget on it. And it still took a little while. <laughs> it still took a few minutes. So, like, more than you really want. It's, it's tedious either way, you know, obviously. But uh, less tedious, I suppose, if you can fucking, you know, just game it and get it done in a few minutes. But, yeah, this was a, a really shitty uh, part of the SCI experience that... Um, just no benefit to it at all, and I can't believe they didn't see this as like something like we got to do something that's, about this. That's going to stop players dead in their tracks, right? And I, I think mean, it like, did. I, I, like I, I, my memory of it is like we couldn't do it, and we had to stop playing. And like, how it. can right? How can you play something in a game or do put something in a game that just purely on RNG may just send the player packing? You know what I mean? Yeah, and like not even a generous RNG, like right, like actually very punitive. I actually. So I didn't know to put the... Th I don't have this memory of yours. I didn't know to put that uh, widget, is what it is, on there first. So I was like, all right, man, I'll fucking give it a shot. Um, oh, also, we didn't talk about how the slot machine came to be open. Oh, yeah, there's someone over there fucking around, and they get they get murked by it, don't they? Yeah, yeah, like you're, right, yeah. you sit at the bar, you talk a little bit or something, you buy a beer, and then you get up and walk away. Right. I think you walk towards the door, and then they get 
if you get three skulls uh, in this uh, slot machine, then a you gun die, behind right. you shoots you. And only then do you like kind of look up and see the gun up there like in the foreground as part of the art. And it's like, ah, this game's so fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, the guy gets shot, and then you can go to the thing, and now you can gamble. Right. So yeah. So yeah, it's a, it could be a highly punitive situation. So yeah, I'm sure that death capability existed. I don't remember it, but I'm sure that death capability existed. Oh, and, and that, that and was that's why I started this well. conversation. So yeah. So like, I didn't know you had to put the widget on there, but I knew that you know this thing's not here for no reason. You know, they've only got so much space in these games. It's, you're gonna have to use it. So I'm gonna need money. So I start. I'm like, I'll give it a shot. And like, I gambled. I think I had like 15 buckazoids and died the first two times. Just like triple skulls load triple skulls and then i spent like i don't know like 20 30 minutes trying (laughs) to gamble and like the most i ever got was like 27 (laughs) it was so fucking bad dude so you just got to save scum yeah terrible terrible yeah and i was just like and i think i i think i saved scum scum to get that 27 brutal yeah yeah, so this is a very tedious thing. So yeah, you're trying to get money here. It maxes out around 300, I think. Or once I cross 300 in winnings, it, it says you step back nervously as the overheated slot machine begins to sputter and smoke. And then it cuts back to the wide shot of the bar, and the machine screen actually blows up, but Roger survives. And yeah, I fully expected this greed to have negative consequences. I thought, yeah, I thought that, for sure too. Yeah, that there would be some sort of someone would come over and be like, "Oh, you're cheating! What the fuck are you doing?" You know. Mm-hmm. So I was surprised, and that did not happen. And actually, you know, something I, I forgot to tell it last time. When we were talking about memories of this game, but this part of the game playing with my cousin Lisa. So the context of this, I remember trying to hide. Like she was trying to get me to do chores. This is me, five-year-old me, maybe is my my guess on age here. But she was trying to get me to do chores at their house with her as like a lesson of some kind, you know. And like she'd have been she's oh, a little she. older than me. Yeah, she's probably I would guess she was probably in like early teens, late preteens, you know. Okay. Uh, when this is happening, so old enough to for to to be just me and her, like a babysitting situation, yeah. you know. And I remember, yes, yeah, she was trying to get me to do chores, and I was able to somehow actually hide, and I hid underneath her bed like a fucking gremlin, <laughs> uh, refusing to come out to do like I think it was wash dishes or something like that. I hate washing uh, dishes in your defense. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, that is the accompanying memory I have with playing Space Quest One in their study. Down in Florida. Huh. Down in Florida. Okay, I was wondering yeah. what that was. Fun, fun, fun. So, yeah, uh, that seemed like it for bar POIs. So you head outside, and I went back uh, around, rather, to the back of the bar, and there's a pile of incinerated trash being periodically added to from a robot dropping out of a hole on the back of the building. And this is where you can root around in this and find two to five Buckazoid drops every single time. So, honestly, especially if you don't have the gadget or you're not using the gadget or you don't think to use the gadget... It's much faster to just search just, this over and over. <laughs> yeah, I think you. I think you get to search it like two or three times, and you find some, and then you have to go. I think in a building, and then come back out. But back, like, yeah, okay. if you had to do it, that, that's the way to do it because gambling yeah. is never going to work. <laughs> right, right, right. And that's I, yeah, I think that's applicable in real life too. I think there's more money to be made in rooting around in the trash than there literally. is in gambling. <laughs> in a, I got a lot of problems, man, but thank God, gambling yeah. is not one of them. None. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've talked about it before, but yeah, like the the trend towards sports gambling and shit, like it's I just can't nothing I can nothing I care about less than hearing about your parlay or whatever. They do, fucking <laughs> they do it at the bar sometimes, and I'm just like, ah, fuck. Me. I honestly I still wouldn't know how to do it, dude. It, like if I wanted to do it right now, I don't know what to do. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't. So like I really don't care. Right. Yeah. I'd actually. In fact, can we move on? 
<laughs> right. Uh, we can bullshit about literally anything else. Yep. We can get a better look at the perimeter defenses they set up for the settlement back here, too. They will zap Roger if he tries to walk past them. And this happens to anything moving on land as opposed to flying as a means of protecting them from those worm fuckers. So that's why those are there. Did you know? <laughs> how many times did you walk walk into those? Uh, Probably only once. Does something cool happen? You can die from it. No, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, number is, but I think I bumped into it one too many times and I <laughs> fucking died okay. and they gave you the yeah. whole thing. I can't remember what it was, but they give you a whole thing. I'm sure it was fun. North of the bar is droids B us or yeah, it's droids B us, right? Yeah. Cause they are going fully, uh, just balls to the wall on a Toys R Us parody here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sign design and everything. And inside is a fucking clack on of oh, Master that's of Ryan what Lore. you sent me that one time. Oh, okay. Now I remember. <laughs> yes. I get it now. Yes. He's a clack on yeah. from fucking, uh, um, Master of Orion. Yes, 100%. 100%. Like, not even, it is, I don't know. I'm not going to go as far as to say 100%, but I can see them liking a game like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And Master oh, yeah. of Orion was huge at the time. So, ripping that. One, I think that came out in 93, though. That's true. That's true. There had to be another. I mean, Master of Orion didn't invent the genre, 4X in space. I don't think. I think they did, actually. Um, At least in, in or, or way. Check, it, check it out. They they actually may have taken a clack on. No, because that's so easy. It's like, what if bears were a race? What if ants were a race? Right. So that's all it is. But I was wondering if maybe they played this. And they probably did. Yeah. The developers probably played Space Quest 1, and maybe they got some influence for the clackons from this. Perhaps. Yeah. The other Either way. Even if it's not intended, there's some there's some visual through line for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's got a sales bug of the year certificate on the wall behind him, but he still profiles Roger as a broke fuck on site and says he'd most likely be interested in the economy used options. So the there's a, a screen next to him cycles through a range of droid options they have available, most of which are well beyond the number of buckazoids you could possibly be carrying with the slot machine blowing up around 300. So... He does mention you can fill out a credit app if you so desire, but he highly doubts you will qualify. <laughs> so you're only working with with cash on hand here. And the one that the moderately priced option, uh, I actually wanted pretty bad. The Sucks 9000 uh, is the one I really wanted, even though the Clackon seems to think it was worthless. So I tried it out. Did you try buying anything other than? No, I was, I was in a hurry. Okay. So yeah, I bought this thing. And you hand over the money to him, and he tells you that you can pick it up out back, which it just cuts to right away. You don't have to walk Real out Real quick, there. I want to say something about that. What he actually tells you is you can pick up your droid out and to the right. Okay. And I really appreciated that because it's he's giving you that from the perspective of him of the and shop, the thing. Because right. yeah. it's to That's... the left on yep. your screen, but walking out of the door, it would be to your right. And I was like, that is fucking attentive writing, and I appreciate yep. that. I, I concur. I didn't even notice it, but I concur. Well, like I said it cuts to it anyways. You don't have to go out there yourself, uh, which is interesting. Does it do so? It does. Does it do that when you pick up the, the actual droid, droid you, too? Yeah, that you need. Yep. Do you have to walk out there? It doesn't matter, I guess. No, anyway. it doesn't. It just auto. So you okay. buy the droid you need, and then it's auto, just like you've been describing. Okay. So yeah, so it cuts to back there, and the sucks nine thousand rolls out of the garage, <laughs> and it just zaps you. <laughs> and, you, and you die, which sucks. So, yeah, it's a nice. dead end for sure. Uh, the one you clearly are going to want is the NAV-201, which is a ship navigation droid. It's 30-something buckazoids, and I figured I'd come grab it after I find the ship for it to NAV, which I did not have yet. You Did did you come here and check this out before doing the ship? Oh, yeah, ship? I didn't even know the shipyard was there, actually. It's, it's not okay. really apparent on the screen. I agree. I agree. 
So yeah, the only other so if you just kind of just fence testing here, uh, the only other thing you will find is yes, the shipyard that is called Tiny's Used Spaceships. And Tiny is described, he's standing out front of the, the, I guess, like little hut part of it with a sign on it. And Tiny is described as a large green scaled covered jaw jockey with the personality of a true salesman. Not a prime combination of traits, I must say. And he has three ships for sale, two of which are pretty well dismissed as shitty by Roger's intuition, which is interesting that he has that intuition. But when you take a closer look at him, he says that. And then the third, which is north of where you first bump into Tiny and on another screen... And by far the largest of them reads, uh, Actually, this ship is not bad looking. It appears to be a Dralian cruiser. They have a reputation for quickness and reliability. You are surprised that someone of Tiny's caliber would be carrying it. And he has a bunch of smarmy car salesman pitch copy that he tells you about it uh, once you look at it and tells you it's 185 buckzoids is, is the price. And, like, I guess, what did you buy it for? What? price did you buy it for oh god i don't know take note i did not i I figured it would have been the same you said yours was how much well he tells you he told me 185 and then like i don't know if i was like looking at some stuff or something but shortly after he tells me 214 and i don't know is what i paid okay so maybe that's automatic but i thought i like could but there was also a 99 involved somewhere like when i went and talked to him like you know in front of his store face or storefront he well, I think he'll try. I think he try. Yeah, I think he'll try he to sell, to sell you the other, other shit for night. Did you also get ninety nine? That I didn't write it down, but that's pot. Yes, po- he he definitely gave me some prices for the ones down the other one. The yeah. like the the upside down rocket look ship looking. Yes, deal. yes. Um, so yes, yeah, well, okay. So I, I hope they the programmed price. him to do some like shady shit where he quotes you one and then says something else at the very end. <laughs> right. Yeah. That'd some be great. one for. Some one for four or two for ten shit for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't feel like haggling. Like I thought maybe there'd be some way to fuck with this, but I was like, you know, I, I got the money and there's clearly no one thing. Whatever, just let's fucking go. <laughs> so I just yeah took the deal and he tells you how great of a purchase you made. And as a passing note, he's walking away with your pocket of dough. He mentions you will definitely need a droid to pilot it. So I tried to climb into the cockpit anyways, and it basically confirms that. It tells you you'll need a droid. So I go back to Droids BS. I get the Nav 201. I come back. You hand over the dough to the clack on inside. Same deal. Uh, I actually forgot to use my coupon, but I was like, fuck it, who cares? <laughs> oh, yeah, because you actually have to... It, it was not actually intuitive. While you're in the screen, like, having a conversation with him, you have to go to your inventory, select right. the coupon, and put it on him. It's, it's a little right. weird. Yep. Uh, which, yeah. It doesn't just whatever. automatically apply once it's in your inventory. Yep. And, yeah, it's interesting that that... It's interesting that that exists. I guess the possibility exists that you don't win a full 300 at the machine, I guess is the only answer to this, but it's, I feel like it was a weird design, design choice to have this coupon and there not be some other need or use for money that would appeal, that would make it interesting and worthwhile to remember to use the coupon or I guess more important punitive to not, you know what I mean? Yes, I do. And I tried to use money on things like drinking. So like you, you drink the three drinks and then you get the, you know the the copyright protection code. So fuck, staying character. Uh, I think the, yeah, I think I think the bartender won't let you have one. He like cuts you off. Well, he tries Doesn't to cut he? you off. So you you have okay. so I had the three. I got the the coordinates for the uh, location of the star generator ship that had stolen it. Um, then if you just drink three more, you have two, and it's no big deal. And then the third one, he's like, 
you really shouldn't do this. You're pretty fucked up. And then you can either be like, fuck off. And like, he'll give you another one. Or you can just say, okay, I'll go. And if you bitch at him and make him give you another one, which he does, then you go outside, pass out on the ground. And I think the implication is that like, you know, you get robbed of all your stuff and then they rip your body apart and sell your body parts. Okay. Yeah, it's That's, pretty yeah, morbid, I actually. I'm surprised I did not think to... I feel... Yeah, I feel. I felt like I did try to drink more, and I must have just took whatever they said as, like, a hard stop. Yeah, I tried both. I tried the first one where I made him give me one, and you definitely die from that. You stumble outside and die. And then the other one, you just go away, and something happened. I can't remember. Again, I was in a hurry, but... Lots of death opportunities in this game. Yeah, they're, and it's, I'm actually impressed by how many they, they have. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, you go out back with the uh, to get the droid, and it, the bot there tells you it'll be right out. Then belittles the puppy dog nature of how it'll just follow you around once it does come out. So they're talking shit about it. <laughs> Do you remember? And what actually, they, what they say? I don't remember what he. I don't remember what he says, but what I do you? love that they they knock off even the Jeffrey Giraffe thing out there. Did you notice that? Oh, I didn't. No. Yes. Even like that's a, that's how far they take the Toys R Us shit. Is like there's a Jeffrey Giraffe. On the sign, out back. <laughs> oh no, shit! I didn't see it. Damn. Yeah. Uh, well, when you inspect that robot with the, uh, you know, the inspect command, it says something to the effect of like, you know, like this robot looks like it's, you know, blah blah blah, and it also somehow looks depressed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which I really appreciated. Yep. Like they, they really set like a tone in this in this universe. It's it's a very bleak situation always. Yep. 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 So you head back to the ship, you hop in, your droid putters over beneath, and you hit a button labeled load to pick the droid up, leaves its tank tracks behind it on the ground, which I guess that makes it a one-use droid, and you immediately take off, and as you fly off screen, a little red humanoid thing runs up from the direction of the bar and yells something at you about stealing their ship, so that fucking tiny, the ultimate shyster, sold you uh, someone else's ship. (laughs) That's great. And, but, 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 was my question here, where was that thing's navigation droid? Mm, maybe it was in the shop or something. I guess that's possible. Yeah, but I, know. I thought they're, that they're stripping the good components out. And <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought it odd that he would take it into the bar, and yeah. if he did that, it would have needed its tank tracks, right? It would have to be the same droid drone, wouldn't it? <laughs> a lot yeah. of yeah, a lot of questions, a lot of questions here. Mm-hmm. But, so that happens, and then after you're completely gone, another ship materializes where your ship took off from. And the music, it doesn't, like, nothing happens, nothing gets out, but the music, they just, purely by music, suggest that this is probably the Sarians that are hot on your tail. Yeah, it's ominous, it's an ominous sound. Cut to space, Roger and his Budro rocketing through it for a few screens, satellites flying by and such before we move into the cockpit, where the droid informs us we have reached escape velocity. The droid then presents you with a symbol pad so you can input a destination code from the manual, and yeah, I couldn't for the fucking life of me think or remember what this might be. <laughs> so I, I, I was like going through my, my, I went through the entire fucking, all my notes, uh, oh. thought about the bar so i checked everything i'd scribbled down while in there but nothing so i had to consult the hint book for yeah the very first time and Ugh. yeah it's it's um in that story so the but nav the hint, book, the hint book fixed your problem right it did yes okay it did so that's yeah i guess a testament to 
that hit books design not, not usability but yeah yeah uh, they covered all they covered the the, the important shit <laughs> uh, saved me when i was in need the nav plots the course and then enters warp speed and when you come out of warp drive you are treated to a tense cutscene of the ship navigating a lot of oncoming asteroids before hitting a clear patch and we then move back inside the cockpit and the nav tells us a large ship is in the sector and it will continue to scan for an id then you know from you can see like out the cockpit window the Syrian battlecruiser which is the praying mantis ship that we saw in the uh, first um segment of the game with the Arcata comes into view and the nav is super noited out about this development. Yeah, he did not like <laughs> it, it. Yeah, he badly wants to bail out of there and you are prompted whether to agree or disagree with it. I immediately said no, didn't yeah, even so. think to tr- or didn't even try to to uh, agree with him. So I don't know what happens. Um, I imagine probably a death of some kind, but when you say no, the droid does a flyby, and Roger just fucking hops out, slides on his jetpack, and the ship just speeds off and leaves your ass there. So you are now, this is, you're either getting into the ship or you're fucked. Yep. It's, it's <laughs> and, all on you now. Right. And then Roger buzzes down to an external door in the cruiser with an imposing insect crest emblazoned across it. And there's conveniently an open sesame button to the side of the door. So all I have to do is hit that, and the door slides right open. And on your way inside, your jetpack malfunctions, and Roger whips it aside just in time for it to explode and lie on the floor, spitting sparks. And not long after that, the only door in this room opens, and a robot enters. And we are given some copy that reads, alert, alert, organic contamination detected in airlock, and then a laser just vapes you. There's no avoiding it, uh, at least perceivedly. And the death copy for that reads, those laser shots are incredibly effective, as your body will attest, Being in plain sight probably didn't help you much. So they give you a very, very specific suggestion as to how to deal with it on your reload here. And so I'm like, okay, I need to get out of sight. But again, we're looking at a room that does not seem to have anywhere to hide. I don't know. What was your ability to perceive (laughs) this hiding puzzle? I knew where to hide immediately. Really? It's like a little bit dark. It's like there's like a black blotch on the side of the door that kind of implies... I don't know. Maybe I just kind of imagined myself as like having the perspective of the robot that comes in the room. So like, you know, you walk through a door and I think in this case it was on... It would be on the robot's left. Right. There was just like a darker patch there. And he's going towards the jetpack over on the left side of the screen. Correct. And like, but here's the thing: Uh, you, your character, is not obscured at all. So if that's the kind of sign you're waiting for, you're definitely not going to get it. Right. Yeah. No question. Yeah. So I load, and you have to like loading too. It requires waiting through the painfully slow animation of Roger floating over to hit the door button outside, and then going inside the airlock and all the bullshit. So a very tedious uh, load situation here. And yeah, I mean, I knew I had to. I figured I had to hide, but. Fucking, you know, uh, that's the only option. So I get, you know, it's not like I spent some significant amount of time trying to figure this out. It's yeah, I was wondering the only f- choice. Did you fail but, at this or something? Or uh, well, <laughs> outside of the first I, one, of course, I did die because of a very stupid thing. Even though I figured out where to hide. So yeah, so you hide on the side of the door, and the you have to wait the fifteen seconds, fifteen twenty seconds, whatever, for the robot to finally enter. The robot comes in with no announcement tosses a pail of water on the sizzling jetpack, and then exits with no further hubbub. And then, 
I just get a death tune for seemingly no reason. And the copy for that reads, You missed a golden opportunity while that door was open. Oh well, what's new? All alone and by yourself, you grow incredibly hungry and begin sampling your own body parts. Finding that you have absolutely no taste, like we didn't know that already, you end up shriveling away to nothing and dying in the process. And it's insane to me that the robot robot doesn't notice you in the first place. Or that, and more importantly, organic matter isn't detecting this airlock. Because that's what gets him in there in the first that's place. That's what got him in there in the first place. He goes in there and fucks with a jetpack. That's a good point. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Plot but and, and Yeah, and I, mean, and I mean that on the comeback. Like, he should be coming back again once he leaves. Yeah. Not that he, you know. So, yeah. Like, the, the organic uh, matter should still be detected. Especially right. Especially once exactly. it starts ripping its own body to pieces. Yep. So, yes, by dying, dying over and over, fucking part of the loop uh, plays out here. It's like, okay, I need to fucking exit when he comes in. Great. And then, so I load it again. I do that. Go through all that fucking slow animation shit again. Wait for the robot again. And as soon as he enters, I duck around the doorway edge and out the door. So I, like, you know, I was on it, man. And even when I did that, the robot turns around and 100% sees me. Like... (laughs) You know what I mean? Like right. it doesn't it doesn't happen. Like there's nothing it doesn't register. The game doesn't kill me, but it obviously would have seen me <laughs> turning around, you know. I Not that a robot be. should need to physically see me with its fucking eyes on its fake head anyways, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh yeah, you should have it, sensors it, and shit for that, but I, I thought right. the same thing cuz like when you leave like its head turns. Right, for sure. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah. And then, you know, you go into the next room and yes, the door's closed behind you, but it's again, this like is completely flies in the face of the whole object permanence discussion we had earlier of like it it just acts like okay, what the, the robot never has to come out. The it doesn't it didn't notice you. We're just safe now, you know what I mean? Move on with the fucking game Yeah, out. they definitely don't follow this like the spider thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I was this was yeah, I was a little like perturbed not perturbed but agitated inconsistent uh, yes a lot of inconsistency that's a good way to put it for sure but i think I, I this for some reason i took stock of the score here i had 161 out of 201 points here so 80 percent done at this point uh which i don't know surprised me to some degree i guess uh, i felt that was closer to the end than i expected to be here you are actually kind of close yeah for sure this room has an air duct vent fairly prominently protruding from the wall, as well as a very conspicuously placed large red trunk sitting right smack in the middle of the room on the floor. And there's a corridor entry to the right, but you're immediately popped by a ray gun wielding Sarian if you walk over there. So that's, again, like it's not a dead end, but it's a dead end. Yep. And, um, yeah, you just pretty much let's cut the shit and push this trunk over so we can climb to the air vent situation here. <laughs> and... They will come into this room, too. If you fuck around in here long enough, they'll actually come over as well. So mm. you are, you need to do this and do it fast. And you need to use your Xenon army knife to unscrew the fucking screws on the thing. Which, that's interesting that, you know... Again, I think you have to be from a certain time and place to even make this connection. Because what... If you look at that, it's it's it's... Like an army knife, like, I, yeah, does, would a kid in 2023 even know what an army knife is? Like, an army knife is, like, no. one of those fucking, you know, a Swiss army knife that has, like, 8 billion tools. It was, like, a joke to me, in my mind, of the era, that, like, how many crazy-ass tools can they fit on this Swiss army knife, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, I definitely had one, I definitely wanted one so bad, <laughs> as, a, like, a little Boy Scout kid, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if kids today would necessarily. I know, like more adults are carry. I actually carry uh, one of those gadgets in my school backpack, 
you know, just a le- now they're called Leathermans. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I have a Leatherman. Yeah, right. Yeah. I right, found yeah, it in an Overland College dorm that I was cleaning out. Okay. I found that in like Game of Thrones yeah. season three on fucking. Blue but the Day. but the funny thing about that too, though, the base. Leatherman's the base tool is not a knife, right? It's like a set of pliers or something, isn't it? It's like a yeah, it opens not... up into a set of pliers, and then also has a knife. It also has screwdrivers, right? Right, yeah. This, that, so that's it. I think that's a perfect uh, encapsulation of like I don't know, like I don't think an object that is sold on the basis of being a knife could do well today. That's why that is the more prominent product now. And Swiss Army Knives yeah. have gone the way of the Dodo, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I think they had it backwards. It's the it's same like, exact thing. <laughs> you were trying but to make a good knife with, like, functions attached to it when you should have right. made a good tool with a knife attached to it. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if either is right or wrong. I think, again, I think it's just the emblematic of the right. times. I think, I think it's emblematic of the times, you know. I think a knife could sell then. Like, everyone, giving a kid a knife was no big deal in 1990. Mm-hmm. Giving a kid a knife now is out of the question. <laughs> really asking for it. Yeah. Uh, even though there is a knife on there, you know what I mean? Right. So we move to the duck system, occupied by rats scurrying to and fro. You can go up or down. Going up, there's another vent. I kicked it open and hopped right out, so I kind of didn't fuck around in here. This is an instance of, like you were talking about, you know, I didn't fully explore here. I happened to get lucky and just go the right way. Did you poke around in here, or did you just do this go up one and come out situation? Yeah, don't worry. I explored. Okay, yeah. I, there's a, I looked at the map. And it just, okay. It's a loop. Okay. Well, I well then I'm glad you did because I didn't in the hint book I think it's yeah, the hint book, there was a a map and at the bottom of it is like it says desert. Yeah, I think you can like somehow hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that I don't even know what it means. Did you like get teleported somewhere or is there like a I don't know, it made me think of Beetlejuice. You know what I mean? Like walk out of the house and there happens to be sandworm desert out here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess I didn't. Maybe there was another exit that I didn't. Like I, I just like went like up the ladder and then to the next thing. And then I went, you go up another ladder, you go to the next thing. And it's just a repeat. It just keeps doing that. Okay. There's like three screens that it repeats. So I did that a few times. Didn't get anywhere. You know, up implying that maybe I'm going upward in the ship, you know, towards something important. And then I broke off and took the next great that you say, the one that you kick open, and then that just turned out to be the correct way. So if there's another path, I just, maybe I just, by chance, did And this is the washing machine room, right? Yep. Okay. So yeah, so I hopped out, and there is a room with a large machine with a glass door on it. Inside is a Sarian helmet. So you open it up, inside's a helmet. And I was just trying to take the helmet out. I wasn't even trying to do what happened, but I hand icon the machine and, and Roger just climbs right the fuck in. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Which is that's not what I was. Doing. <laughs> I was not planning to do that. And that seems like I'm careening towards the death now, you yeah. know? So that to me was, was pretty goofy, but yeah, so you get in and then immediately a Sarian cat walks in and just robes. He throws his uni into this uniform, into the machine, and starts it up. And then you were tossed around in the machine for far too long of a time. So long. Another. And I thought I was dead. I was like, I can't believe like, I didn't even want to do this. this. Right, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, eventually it stops on its own, and it, Roger climbs out, and the copy you get is, darn, static cling. Hey, look at that. By the most amazing stroke of luck, you've traded in your extremely conspicuous Xenon spacesuit for a Sarian's office, or a Sarian officer's uniform complete with helmet. And this, of course, dramatically opens up your options for moving around the ship. You are now in disguise. But you are told all of your possessions were lost in the tumbling except one lucky buckazoid. And there, and did you think to do this? If you, there's like some fucking dryer sheet strewn about the floor in front of the machine, 
And if you have to search through this and you get an ID card from it or you will have trouble later, did you get that ID card? Yeah, I searched. I, I feel like you can – I saw something on the ground, so I just, like, clicked grab on it, and then okay. it was the ID. So, yeah. Okay. So, Bustin' Freem is the cardholder's name. No rank designation is mentioned. Uh, I don't know what the – that looks like it's supposed to be a joke, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> I, I did actually didn't ID that one. Okay. Does, well, here's the biggest question I got from this, though. The – like this must be an all-in-one washing drying machine, then. Apparently, right? I mean, right. yeah. There's there's dryer sheets below it, and uh, you know it, it washes the thing because he throws a dirty one in. So I thought that pretty fucking interesting. And to me, that is an alien technology we should be trying to find and harness because that would be a fantastic development. I think to that would... not have it a two-step process anymore would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, we definitely need to get our brightest minds on this and solve this yes, problem. One hundred percent. There's only one exit from here, heading out of that to the next room. There are a couple of elevators, one of which is guarded by a Syrian, and the and there's exits to the right and down. And you can, interestingly, I think, converse in plain English with both the elevator guard and a looping background NPC that passes through the room and salutes you. So the Syrians speak English, uh, and they don't look to be of... I, I guess, you know, maybe what we need to... Except here, we keep we've talked about this a couple times now. Maybe actually the theory that just popped in my head is, and you would hope we would be moving to, towards this uh, as well is to consolidate languages. We shouldn't be working on different languages. The, you know, we that's tribalism. We should be getting away from tribalism. And hopefully, in this advanced uh, sci-fi world that we're living in here, that you know all the creatures have gotten past that aspect of tribalism, and we all speak one collective language now. And and maybe that's. Um, the answer to this question, but it's initially I was like, "That's fucked up." <laughs> so there, there's, there's what you just said is interesting because, like, you know, like get, moving towards one language just as a sociological observation. There's many ways that you can do that. Was well, a few ways maybe, but like you know, one is that you just decide to stop using a language. I don't know that people really do that or ever have. I would say that it doesn't really happen. But one way that you get rid of languages is to kill all the people that speak it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's possible, the yeah. implication, you know, like, here's the thing, like, no matter what resulted in English being the uh, lingua franca of this universe, it would, you know, certainly, maybe some people agree, I'll just speak English instead of Chinese. But like, you know, the implication to me then would be that some people definitely died for this uh, consolidation to happen. More typically, what people do in sci-fi settings like this is just you accept the existence and... Um, they're just everywhere, universal translators. Right, but we know for a fact that that's the interesting. That's I guess that's the most interesting thing about it to me. Maybe is that we have this puzzle situation earlier with the translator device. Here, it's not needed. We know we don't have it because we lost all our shit in the fucking washing machine. So I guess you actually do have a translator, don't you? Right. Yeah. So that's not. It's definitely that's not a liberty taken for sure because it's a part of the puzzle system. So weird. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 a it's another. Hiccup. <laughs> yeah. So, like in Star Trek, like the implication is just like ev everyone has right. like a universal translator installed in their head, right? You know, so like that's why you don't have to fucking dick around with all the translation. But yeah, they yeah. actually have a tra that's that is weird actually. Yeah. Hmm. Well, the elevator guard indicates that this is an elevator to the captain's escape pod, and that no one but the captain <clears throat> is allowed in. And the background NPCs that are circling are they're everywhere on the ship, and this one is. Uh, just as much of no significance as the rest of them that you'll see. So they don't say anything of note. They just salute you, I think, and move on. 
The X is to the right and down, just form a circle to nowhere, so you're heading to that unguarded elevator no matter what. And this elevator takes you to the bottom floor of a bi-level screen. To the left from here is an elevator to the top floor, and to the right is the star generator room. And the star generator is guarded by a huge Syrian guard, and yes, he demands an ID card before he'll interact with you. And if you show him Bustin's ID, the only thing he says is a reminder of the self-destruct code. So he does give you that does he oh yeah. shit i didn't yeah. talk i didn't figure you could talk to him he seemed like yeah. a no-nonsense kind of guy <laughs> he certainly does i i can i that's purely completely logical if you take a look at the star generator the copy you get are, is kawabunga wilco this is it it's the unimaginably powerful star generator which must not at any cost be allowed to remain in the hands of the evil syrians but you knew that right and the biggest takeaway for this for me, or from this for me, is that they use the word cowabunga here, and holy shit were the Ninja Turtles a thing in the early 90s for that to be used here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's the only reason that that's there. Instant Ninja Turtle vibes. Right. Heading upstairs and moving through a couple otherwise uneventful hallways, you'll encounter a cleaning droid awaiting something useful to do, end quote, that surely has significance of some TBD kind. And across a catwalk above the star generator leads to a dead end where we find a weapons dispensary room manned by an android that is very, very salty about his menial job position. (laughs) (laughs) And, And he lets us know that his IQ is some astronomical number and that this work is far beneath him. He also tells Roger he needs an ID card because, absurdly in his view, he's not hardwired into the ship's system in a way that would alleviate the need for such formalities. And... You show him your ID, he heads into the back room, and you are given enough time to look around the room while he's back there, which hopefully will give you the inclination to look at the grenades on the shelf behind the front counter. And the front counter has a section that folds up to allow you to walk back there, which also is kind of like, I don't know, I feel like that's, I feel like a, I feel like a, a, a 15-year-old in 2023 might have a real problem figuring out because i don't think these exist really anymore they're like some bars have them still i guess but even that is usually probably an old bar like it's a, it's an yeah. antiquated thing to have this like hinged part of a counter that flips up and flips down <laughs> you know what i mean yes i do it's definitely an old thing you don't see anymore yep yeah so actually that's a good point i never thought about that new new players actually might have a hard time with that yeah. younger players right so yeah, you flip that up and you can go back there and grab those grenades, but you have to do it before he comes back or uh, he'll get pretty salty. Uh, maybe even die. I don't think I tried testing the death here, but oh, so you, you didn't have a problem. Did you, I think, what did I do? I think I was back. I was behind the counter when he came out of the room and he was like, he said some pretentious shit, like stupid, organic, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know how he is. And then kills you. Vapes you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you, so you must've, did you put the, uh, the hinge back down yeah so yeah you have to that's an important part of it when you come back out you have to you have to put it back down i put it back down just out of like mad mike nervousness you know (laughs) leave it how you found it so i'm like message received 39 years old okay so i wasn't did you so but you didn't die here so you didn't yeah i i just i I, but i know not put it down and then die i i believe i know that that's required from looking at the hint book okay too yeah i'm pretty sure they mentioned that in the hint book that you must do that okay so the grenade is described as innocuous, and the weapon he retrieved is a pulse ray laser pistol that you are warned is not a play toy when examining. So, you know, he doesn't, if you grab him, get out of there, and just wait for him to come back, he will still bring you the laser um, pistol, which you will definitely need. Mm-hmm. And my game actually glitched out here. The robot just froze 
like he just coming out of the room or the back room, he froze like mid stride and never actually got back to the counter to hand me the pistol or anything. Like I got the, like he said the copy and the pistol went into my inventory, but he, he did not physically come up. I presume that did not happen to you. No, it's not just like some game code shit. Okay. So that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I definitely had a moment of like, Oh my God, this game's broke, (laughs) (laughs) which is, you know, all too plausible. Coming out of there, we pass back over the Star Generator catwalk on the way. Uh, I tried both the pistol and the grenade on the guard to see. Uh, the pistol didn't do shit, but the grenade does take him down. And I believe some smoke that made him pass. I think so. Like, I think it's like a smoke bomb or smoke grenade, and it makes him pass out. It does not explode in any incendiary way. And you are, of course, heading to the elevator to get back downstairs here. And just before you reach it, Roger trips over and falls to the ground, I think probably unavoidably. I actually couldn't believe it. (laughs) I I was so invested at that point that I was like, he tripped and fell. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. He's actually kind of clumsy at other points in the game, too. Right, he falls in the ground. Yeah, no, I was, I, I, yeah, I, I will admit, I was generally surprised. It, it does, it, you know, it was not like, oh, I see this coming, kind of thing. It's definitely out of nowhere. So yeah, the helmet rolls off and away when he does so, and in incredibly lazy fashion, Roger does not hurry to it, and the very slow janitor droid comes and collects (laughs) it. So he takes it. And it makes your disguise as a Sarian now useless because your head is exposed, even though you still got the uniform on. So you're told these boys shoot first and ask questions later, so you better be on your toes moving forward. And I immediately encountered one of the background patrollers coming out of the elevator, and this works the same way every time. They pull out their pistol, but they miss on the first shot, so you have time to return fire and zap their asses, go to your inventory, get the gun, and shoot, right? Mm. So they. But you're playing with the mouse, right? And I literally know that you are. Did you know that I I actually had this written down as a note, and then I crossed it off because I was like, there's no fucking way he doesn't. Did you know that the right button cycles through your actions? I I did. I remember that. I don't think I ever used it. Okay. But yes, I remember that. But yes, that's a very useful tool for trying to do anything. Yeah, I was I was like fast. 75% through the game before I figured that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Searching the star generator guard's crumpled body once you get down there reveals a remote control for turning off the uh, the star generator's force field, and which yeah, it had a force field around it so you couldn't get to it before. And once you do that, you the hand icon that you like you have to hand icon the flashing light that's near the base of the of the of the thing to bring up a code entry interface and that's where you punch in the 8731 code you've been fed a, a, a few times was your code that same code or no uh what was yours 8731 8731 mine was uh fuck mine was like 61 something so okay, another so cha- copyright control that changes too well that's not copyright control that's just different every time so I guess so there's yeah. no yeah there's nowhere to that doesn't refer back to the manual in any way no so that's interesting that eight one you. was yours eight one something eight eight seven three one yeah eight seven I had I have written down for some reason I don't know why eight three seven four but I don't think that ever came into play <laughs> I don't <laughs> well here's the thing especially if you had to go back to the if you reloaded in that control room deal mm. 
that is probably where the number gets generated. You know what I mean? So yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's why you hmm. would have wrote down, wrote down an incorrect number for this. Who knows? I was in a fucking hurry. <laughs> the interface reads self-destruct sequence engaged and then have a nice day before cutting back to the room where you now have a five minute timer till detonation as foretold by the scientist log on the archive cart you read through on Corona. And this, at this point I had 197 of 201 points. So I was like, okay, I, this, it's fucking over. <laughs> and that kind of surprised. Like, I did not expect, I expected there to be some points that you could get lost in the fire. You know what I mean? I did not think that like the obvious or necessary flowchart of the game. I guess it's, I guess it's just a commentary on the difference between these. Like I'm right now, I'm playing that Asgard's Wrath game. I've been talking about nonstop in the fucking text thread, or yeah, the the group thread. Dude, this fucking it's Skyrim, dude. I'm playing Skyrim. It's fucking Skyrim in VR. It is fucking incredible, and it's just like Skyrim in the way that it has just a billion side quests, and there are like all these like. If you're fucking a collectathon, it's fucking just, oh, it's just jerk off material. So, yeah. like, I'm trying to 100% this game, and there's just a million fucking things. And it's just like <laughs> a, a completely different game design mentality. And, like, you know, some people even, I think, talk shit about, shit about it and call it, like, extra padding. Like, that time could be spent on building through the main narrative, or building on the main narrative, rather, in constructive and interesting ways, as opposed to these this time and, and bandwidth spent on just bullshit side stuff, you know? So... That's you know its own discussion, I suppose, but it is it is no question a difference in philosophy for game design, where you know all we have is the main deal. <laughs> yeah. There's no hidden anything. Like you need to do all these things, and that's what the points mean. Though I will uh, say, so I, I figured this would be a, a, a point of discussion. So you've got how many points at this point? One ninety-seven. I took a picture of my screen right before I finished the game, and I have one ninety-three. Really. Okay, yes. that is interesting then. So there is okay. something like that, I think. Something that can get a lot. Well, it's probably some. My only guess. God, what would it have been? The sticky shit, maybe? Something to do with the stick, because there's two ways to get that. So maybe if you maybe. don't do both, you know? And then the water thing, you said you didn't use the water the one time. The second time, yeah, I did not use the water because I knew how to go. So maybe I right. didn't have to do that. Huh. So those are two options. And we can go. There's lists. There's point lists. I can, I, this oh, can yeah, figure it out, actually. Is, yeah. Duh, of course that exists. Everything yeah. exists. And there's there are differing point lists, like I mentioned last time, of both the SCI and AGI versions, too. So it's mm. kind of interesting to look at. Yeah, we'll something. have to look at that. Because I definitely, right before I got on, I'm looking at the picture. 193. Yeah, I spent a whole... Uh, yeah, I did. A, so, yeah, I you were very close to it. But after... Well, let's just talk to the thing. We'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. So, yeah, you have to firefight your way from the... Star generator to the captain's escape pod, that elevator with the guard. You kill the guard in front of that. Uh, and he's no different than popping a cap in the normal, kind of just wandering NPCs. So yeah. it's no big deal. You come out of the elevator there, and there's nothing to do but hop in the ship, and it auto-fires right off the screen. And we cut to a far-off vantage of the Syrian ship. Your little jet fires out of it and off-screen before the cruiser explodes, and the word kaboom appears in huge letters across the screen. And you hear a couple of, like, I, I heard them here, and that's what made me think to do this, but you hear a couple of point of accumulation music cues coming out of the elevator into this room uh, after hopping in the ship. And I was thinking I'd likely hit 201, but it wouldn't let me bring up the icon bar to check. Mm-hmm. So I had some angst that maybe I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't actually finish this fucking thing. I guess thing. how could you ever know? Right. I will. You actually can. So I, I, I loaded, I ended up loading and, okay. and, and rechecking this, but... Once after the kaboom happens, like once you fly off and the kaboom happens, mm-hmm. 
you can move your mouse and bring the title bar back up. And hey. I was able to see that I had 201. Gotcha. Uh, so, dun, 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 dun. cuts from that to an explosion, or cuts from that explosion to Roger speeding towards an, a very Earth like planet and the closing theme swelling beneath it. This is Xenon, and we go from there to a live event in a town square-like area of some kind where Roger's being honored. He's going up on stage with an officious-looking fellow and what sure looks to be, like, uh, to me anyways, the three-breasted lady from the rocket bar uh, in a bikini this time. So that's fun and interesting. And she holds out a mop in a presentation-minded manner, and the man speaks as a rocket ship circles in the sky behind him. This cat says, Roger Wilco, we, the people of Xenon, extend our limitless appreciation and eternal gratitude for your acts of heroism. Now, if you'd been, if you'd only been smart enough to bring along the data cartridge containing the construction specifications, we'd be able to build a new star generator, thereby saving Xenon from the horrors of a rapidly cooling planet. Oh well, you're just a janitor. <laughs> it is my honor to present you with the coveted golden mop, a symbol of pride and accomplishment to members of your esteemed profession. Henceforth, and for all time, You'll be known as the hero of Xenon. And Roger drops to one knee, not unlike a knight being knighted, and the speaker takes the mop from the three-breasted car convention girl and hands it over to Raj. Fireworks boom in the distant sky. Roger stands to, to cheers from all the attendees. Well, Roger, and this is not no longer the guy speaking, this is like the narrator speaking to you. Uh, the copy reads, Well, Roger, you did it. You saved the galaxy, received your profession's most noble tribute, and got the girl. So it's suggesting, yeah, I guess you go home with the convention girl? I don't know. <laughs> There's no, you know, that's the only possible takeaway from that, I think. There's and nothing else to be said for this? Like, in that sentence? You because I remember mine oh my god you you got the you got a different oh wait oh yeah sorry there's more copy oh god i'm so sorry i I was like that you got all the points so you actually got more Oh, okay a different ending yeah no 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 yeah so the tech that text sits on the screen yes the the rocket ship whizzes by yet again but it's shot down by one of the fireworks bursts so that's pretty fun and it crashes to the ground and then we get some more copy that reads wait a minute there wasn't any girl sorry well you got the mop anyway from now on xenon's your oyster all you have to do now is sit back and let the book and movie offers roll in who knows maybe you'll even have a series and now as the sun sets on the peaceful blue planet xenon and Roger Rilko's first adventure, yes, I'm afraid there's more. We hope you will remain in your seat long enough to let us express our limitless appreciation. Then it pixelation fades to a computer screen where the screen credits roll before a dialogue box eventually pops up that says, thanks for playing Space Quest 1. As usual, you've been most entertaining. And you can either restore, restart, quit. And I picked quit, Jab. What did you pick? I picked quit, <laughs> and then I called you immediately. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, so it, it does. I think you know uh, that would have been the perfect fucking re- the, the way to do those. Like if you don't get, like if you get X amount of, if you get, you know, ninety percent of the points, you get one ending. If you get ninety five percent, you yep. get another. And if you get a hundred percent, you get the best ending. Yep. Like you yeah, should have gotten the girl the, for getting all the points. Right, the three breasted girl. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's and you would deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, no. So yeah, that is it's interesting that there isn't some they didn't, you know. I wonder if they do them in later games, you know, cuz like this is their first time, so maybe they made refinements going forward. Yeah, I, like I said, I I there it's was so a, easy. I mean, that seems obvious. Like Right, there was a very heightened expectation that there was some you know, again, that the points mattered more. I, you know, I've already yeah. said it kind of, yeah, that they meant that they weren't just an indication of progress of uh, a flowchart you were working through no matter what. You know what mm. I mean? So, yeah, I was surprised that they, they didn't have more significance. Hmm. So maybe they will later, and that's why I feel that way. Book tips to code or reveal time. And the first thing of note in here to me is in Ewan Flats, if you take the first offer, so yeah, they talk about this here. If you take the first offer for the skimmer from that pimp, you don't get the jetpack and you're fucked. Yeah, I guess. Oh, what would you do? Nothing. You just die. You're fucked. <laughs> but you, but you got to get the ship, right? Well, you you get the, that doesn't matter. You the whole thing is the only way to get into that ship. No, I understand that. I'm saying, but you get into your ship that you buy, right? Then what happens? You go to the to the star generator ship, and you're just dead. You just float off into space. Yeah, you get the you get oh. the, the the droid navigated ship goes away, and you just float off into space. That's what I mean. You're fucked, but wow. you don't know you're fucked until much later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, he'd have no way of attracting the cleaning droid in the airlock anyways, anyways even if right. he got in there. Yep. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they fixed it for the SCI version, but I, I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I guess there's a way to encounter another hustler in Ulance that will tell you to come look at the ship he has to sell you, and he just mugs you. Uh, I missed out on that. That didn't happen to you, did it? Wait, what was it? There's another hustler in Ulan's flats, so I guess if you wander around enough or something, or hang around behind the bar, it didn't say it doesn't say where it is, but you can bump into a mugger basically, and he just takes your dough. Oh <laughs> no, I this did not happen to me. Yeah, that didn't happen to me either. So that yeah, been pretty a lot fun. It happens in this game. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised. And it's, yeah, especially there too. Like, I guess what would the points be awarded? But they, uh, I was thinking there's like another instance there. Is there a way? I guess there's probably no way to get out of it, so what could you do positive? It's just a random dead end, basically. Did you have any that were of significance to you of these, these hint book deals? What did I... I didn't know how to do... Oh, I, since I didn't use the water, I don't think I opened the, uh, the survival pack. So I had to look up how to get that uh, hatch open Okay. on the ship. Because like, I go into my thing and I'm like, I didn't see anything that seemed like it could open a grate. And then I was like, oh, shit, I think, you know, survival thing. And then I looked in there, and mm -hmm. sure enough, Xenon or Xenu or whatever knife was in there. Mm -hmm. Word. Yeah, like I said, the only one I had to do was the, the fucking bar ship. So that's pretty good. One of however many puzzles there are. Yeah, good, I think I used it for something else. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. too much credit. Oh, the three-boob lady is here. Is there any yeah, there's artwork? Oh, yeah, yeah she's 22-page here. Yeah, she's. Yeah. What what does it say here? What is what is the copy for her? One of the number of alien bimbets designed for the bar scene. <laughs> this particular sketch fantasied aspects of alien anatomy that we felt had been overused, so it was de-emphasized in the final version. Ultimately, the close-up of the bimbet was never used, so they had a close-up they took out. That's an interesting fact. Huh. But they also kind of used it, didn't they? Well, she's there. 
but you don't get like I think what it's saying is it it oh. actually cut to her with her three breath probably uh, jiggling. <laughs> yeah, so as as the pixels jiggled then. Right. Yeah, it would have been like the uh, clack on salesman. Right. Precisely. Yeah, gotcha. So page thirty gets into the Deltor, the Sarian ship, and the airlock section mentions and mentions that the cleaning droid can absolutely vape your ass if you dawdle too long ducking through the door after he enters. So uh, I guess it does. When we talked about how I, I was sure it saw me, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? But I guess it takes a moment to register you before that happens. So you, you know, I guess. Uh, yeah, and actually, cool. the the Sarians on the ship, like they, there was a couple times where like I was approaching the edge of the screen to get to the next one, and like they came onto the screen. It's not instant that they react to you. So sure, sure, there's, sure. that definitely happened elsewhere in the game. A little forgiving, yeah. The very last one on leaving the spaceship mentions you can have the data cart to give to the Xenon scientists so they can have the data to build another star generator. And I don't see how that's possible. If No, because it, it actually very specifically says that it like disappeared right. when you're in the washer dryer. Right, precisely. Yeah. So I guess my only logic was that maybe I didn't check inside the washer. So Man, I, I like this I was... Did, though. Right. See, I was. This was important enough to me that, dude, I, I was done. I was going through the hint book after I finished the game, and I'm like, I gotta know that. I go back, I load, I work my way back to that spot, and checked, and no, like, there's nothing. You like looked just, in there. I take it. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There's no dryer. There's just the dryer sheet pile, and you can't do anything. There's nothing inside the machine. So, I and I got the uh, even more so. I got the 201 points. So, like, how would you not get points for getting that? Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, I guess you are getting something back to your inventory, but still, like, I don't know. It's, it doesn't seem possible to me. I don't know. Understand? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. maybe they like had that idea and then didn't make the final version right. or something. Didn't execute it. Yeah, they already but sent you... the fucking files to the book company. And they're like, we're not changing that. So, I guess yeah, but you'd think the hint book would be built after the fact too, though. You know, I don't know who. But again, it's just a handful of people, and communication is probably not great. Writing <laughs> <laughs> letters and sending the developers in Japan or something like. Yeah. 16 week lead time to hear from somebody again. Well, yeah, I was, I mean, I, I went through, I pulled up that fucking point list that can, like the two different versions to see if I could find any mention of reclaiming the data card in either one, saw it in neither. And okay. I was Googling, Googling around trying to find answers to this. Yeah, nothing about it at all. So I don't, I don't know if you, if you know the answer to that little conundrum, uh, please do write in and let us know what the fuck the, the verdict is on that. Cause I don't yeah. see how that's possible for sure. And then there's pages of flowchart-style text box maps of each area in the game. And, yes, this is where I saw that the ventilation shaft on the Deltor, the only way to get anywhere helpful in this route is, yeah, what I lucked out going through, one level up from the entry point. But if you go two screens down from the entryway, the map points to the words open desert. And, yeah, I don't know what that oh. is, but it's, it sounds pretty fucking bad. So you must be able to get to i'm guessing it just maybe my logic is maybe it just drops you back onto corona is the only thing i can think of yeah could uh, be. but that's got to just be a death he was like think. like a golden saucer and final fantasy 7 situation maybe right which you probably <laughs> don't know but right exactly i was just being, being accommodating by saying right sure <laughs> <laughs> then they have profiles on roger the syrians in the hole and the coronians at large and these are kind of fun so let us please read roger could you, or rather, could you read Rogers? <laughs> I can. Roger Wilco's career has gone from the depths of the trash compactor to the heights of glory. From fum- from fumble, from humble beginnings as a janitor, junior grade, aboard the research vessel vessel Arcada, 
Roger has gone on to become one of the most admired figures in the galaxy through his exploits in the Space Quest series. He could be considered the ultimate overachiever, having far exceeded any reasonable expectations of his abilities. On the other hand, he might only be the luckiest sucker to ever draw a breath. Man, they never they never let up with the just haplessness of him. Yeah, just <laughs> very like every man, like right. you know, not a hero. Below every man, the, like the most inept of every man. Yeah, that's you know, true. Right? Or, or of every man, I should say. The next one is on the Syrians, and this reads: The Syrians are the nomads of the galaxy, having buried every living thing on their homeworld under five thousand meters of fast food containers and sweepstakes mail. That's that's a great. That's, that's good. Great. <laughs> Without a planet, to that like, those are again the sweepstakes mail. Like that's just doesn't you exist. You either get it or you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Either from the time or not. Without, I was watching. What the hell was I watching last night? The Weird Al Yankovic, which I recommend. It's fucking weird. I can't believe I liked it. Like it's so the movie kind of movie. Like I didn't like his music. I hated those parody songs. Oh, I hate God, all of them. Great. Yeah, they're they're awful. I think they're terrible. And. That's of course that's you know it's about that but like the movie is just unrelentingly false. It's like it's like it it presents itself as a biopic but it is insane, you know, and it's just about who? I don't know what you're talking about. Weird Al Yankovic. It's his you're, No, I don't know it's, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's his biopic. Okay. You don't know who you don't know who Weird Al Yankovic is? I do, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's it's the it's his biopic. So it's like it's supposed it presents itself as like this factual recounting of his story, okay. <laughs> but it's just like it's not. It's just an insane. Like it has this whole relationship with Madonna that's fucking insane, and they go down to fucking South America. She gets captured by uh, Pablo Escobar, and he has to go down there to to South America to rescue her. <laughs> Shit, it's fucking insane. It's, yeah, it's fucking absolutely magic insane. But the whole point being is he gets down there to Pablo Escobar's birthday party and. The Pablo Escobar is uh, fucking is a huge Weird Al Yankovic fan in the movie, and w- when he gets down there, uh, the little moment they have together, Pablo's explaining why he likes Weird Al Yankovic's music, and he said he got hip to it via Columbia House Music Club, and he got twelve CDs for oh. the price of one cent, and it was a great deal. <laughs> Right, it's just right. It's just yeah. You had just have to be. You might not be old enough to get that. Just like (laughs) yeah, you have to look it up. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, But if you do get it, holy fuck, is it good? You know. Yeah. So yeah, this is a one of those. I think sweepstakes now. Without a planet to call their own and unwelcome on everyone else's, they wander from sector to sector doing dirty deeds for anyone without the Buckazoids to hire them. Although the cosmos contain a diverse spectrum of life forms, the Syrians are universally considered among the ugliest and worst dressed. And then the last one we have here is. The Coronians, if you can handle that. I can. At first, the Coronians appear to have originated in the nightmares of Dr. Seuss, but in fact, they are a gentle and studious people, keeping largely to themselves in the smattering of small towns and outposts on the, plan- on the planet Corona. Legends tell a vast Coronan civilization beneath the planet's surface, but no outsider has ever reported seeing it. Coronans are extremely suspicious of strangers in general, but there are stories of them rendering aid to lost travelers. So, Roger, first one ever to really see the inner workings. Yeah. Damn. Again, the unextraordinary doing the extraordinary. Just ass backwards into it. (laughs) Yeah. Last thing is a points list, then credits, and that is it for this literature of antiquity. And, yeah, man. I mean, it feels this age for sure. Uh, But it wasn't 
nearly the impossible flowchart I think these games have the rap of being. No, yeah. not nearly. Doing it with the mouse, the VGA version is like, wow. So much better, yeah. Like, so unbelievably better. better. Yeah. Uh, like, legit, I'm excited to play these, and I could see them, like, this being, like, a favorite genre of mine. So, yeah, yeah I'm excited. Yep, they're good, they're good, they're good. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I, I feel like I kind of lucked into some fortunate results that maybe influences that. Maybe the latter ones will be a little more painstaking, probably. Yeah, because you had something to draw on a little bit. Right, yeah, and I imagine that, you know, that uh, overarching sentiment for these games doesn't come from nowhere. <laughs> you know, so I um, imagine there's there's probably some hiccups to be had, but I'm done Yeah, I mean, it. but then again, I don't think I had anything to draw on myself, and I navigated just fine, and maybe subconsciously. Like I said, there's that part in the desert where I thought I remember doing it, but I don't know. Either way. Yep, I would definitely do more of these, and I, you know, I want to, like we've been talking in the text thread, I want to do a console side quest after the holidays first, but uh, what do you what do you think you want to do with this rudderless edit configs his quest ship um, next? Uh, do we have all of the VGA files? We can get, I think they're all on archive.org, I, I would not, well, and I also, you know, I also, they don't have to be one of these Sierra games, like there are some games... I don't know if you remember the one I had, Betrayal at Crondor, which was a little more moderny, but very Sounds much a familiar. fantasy, fantasy, you know, medieval fantasy type uh, game. Mm-hmm. There's the D and D joint, Pools of Radiance, of course, mm-hmm. and then you know, I it's pretty funky, I think, but I think we could still have some fun doing it if we did some quadruple X action, uh, the some maybe Moo or Civ two. Our possibilities too that I think maybe are a little weird for this format, but there's plenty to talk about. I think. I, I didn't know that was a consideration in your mind. Yeah, we could think about that. Yeah, I would say maybe I don't know. You want to do you maybe want to do Space Quest two or maybe King's Quest one just to get into the flow. Yeah, I'm fair with that, uh, or I'm fine with that rather. I think I think I'd rather I think I think Police Quest is. God, I remember so King's curious. Quest one. King's Quest one, honestly. I hate it more than any. I don't hate it. That's the least fun King's Quest, in my opinion. So you, I'm, you played it on VGA. I I'm sure I have played it on VGA. I know I've played the shit out of one and two on the uh, text parser versions, and it's just less. It's just less interesting, I think. Yeah. And I think I think the first Police Quest will be wild. <laughs> okay, let's do Police Quest then. I am okay. really curious about that. All right, sold, 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 sold. Subscribe to the pod on the platform provided. Whatever dumbest company serves up your pottery, please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you do listen to. If you enjoy our nonsense, the website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. Follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, Instagram, and subreddit. And talk to shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. The links to all those will be in the show notes. We don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving things or giving money to things podcasters tell you to, we like to do so in our direction. The Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for games with disabilities. And that's cool as fuck, and they have lots of holiday fundraising shit going on right now. I actually have one on our Instagram that you can donate to that will go directly 100% to them if you want to check that out. Or their website is ablegamers.org, and there are t-shirts on the website. They're dope, and proceeds on those that are pot expenses. Go to Able Gamers. I'm wearing one right now with some cool-ass dead chaos. What are the... Thief, dead thieves, laying at his feet. Jab, what are your socials? None. I still got. I'm actually gonna get rid of my phone, so I'm actually trying to get <laughs> away from socials even further. So none. Okay. Ever. 
Uh, there is MPO Box 0031 on Instagram anyways, though, if you want to find that to track down uh, a residual residue of, of Jab's existence hmm. that sometimes comes out of my interpretations of it. And the you can find me on Twitter, at Josh Fallen, on Instagram, at my shift key is broke. And that is my Oculus tag as well if you want to get down in some Dungeons of Eternity or any shit like that. Okay, bye. Later. Later.